This episode of Watch Out for Fireballs is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Thank you for everyone who has joined us and everyone who uh, is considering it, who has yet to join us. Also, tune in to DuckFest on the 27th and 28th. Thank you. Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs Dispatch, our monthly Q&A listener responses next month announcement mm-hmm. podcast. Yeah, where we're going to be answering your questions, reading your responses to uh, June's games, which are Dreamfall, The Longest Journey, uh, Crash Bandicoot 2, and Castlevania Order of Ecclesia. Yeah. And then uh, at the end, we'll be announcing what we're doing uh, next month. I'm excited. Or the month Gary. after next. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's gonna be fun. Um, we'll, you know, it's I, I eagerly await the response. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's also as a special note, uh, two things. I've got a haunted house outside my uh, apartment complex. <laughs> cool. So there's a big creaky door that's coming from the courtyard. Uh-huh. I assume it's just floating in space like that door in Duke's archives. Okay, yeah, and is just opening and closing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that might come through on the recording. Uh, second, everybody's listening. Join me in wishing Pocket the Cat a happy birthday. Happy birthday, Pocket. Two years old today. What a sweetheart. Uh, one year left until he's a prime. And okay. then we're all fucked. <laughs> um, and, uh, That's what the yeah, Mayans were talking a... about. Yeah, exactly. Like, there shall come a pocket. <laughs> yeah. um, that's how the pocket was invented, actually. Mm. Uh, the uh, So, yeah. So, today I am trying my best to celebrate the life, yeah. the loves of Pocket the Cat. That is very good. Uh, I I, uh, I recently, I just, I basically, I celebrated Greta's birthday on the anniversary of when I adopted her because they said they said she was about one year old when I got her. Mm-hmm. So uh, I gave I gave her some uh, some tuna in a cupcake cup, like paper Aww. cup kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got some tuna. I'm gonna see if it's uh you know still good, which I assume because it's canned. It's well, yeah, it'll last forever. Yeah. Um, Pocket's not very food motivated, but I am going to mm-hmm. take some extra time to play with him. And I also, uh, a while back, bought him a robotic ball that, uh, that floats around, and he has lost it. Uh, he's hidden it. So I'm going to spend today as my birthday gift to him, mm-hmm. tearing my house apart Ooh. to look for a tiny orb. Oh, and he'll probably uh, and like I... follow you around. It'll be a fun game for him. It will be a fun game for him. And then I'll be like, why did you chase this into the fucking, like... <laughs> closet like <laughs> in, you know under this how did you get this under clothes yeah uh, and then he'll look at it and he'll mournfully cry but it'll have to be recharged before he can play with it right. it'll be a whole thing but yeah in the yeah. end uh you know it's like i'm like me getting the ball so he can play with in the future is like a, a grandparent who gets you stocks and bonds for your birthday a little bit yeah you know like 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 this this will be a future present <laughs> you'll look back on this yeah and appreciate that i did this yeah well you are solving a problem that he created so that's true. Like uh, like stocks and bonds do. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, let's uh, let's get into it. Oh, w- one more thing. I want to put this at the front just oh. so people uh, uh, can save the date. Just a reminder: Duckfest is happening on the twenty seventh and twenty eighth of June. So next weekend, Two as of the time you're hearing this, yes, yeah, as, as the time you're hearing this, next weekend, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, it's going to be super fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got stuff planned out. We still have to 
hammer out a couple of technicals it feels like even though i don't know if that's actually true yeah it just intensely feels like i don't know how to do that part right like, like prepared to right. do all of the shows but not prepared to log in uh, or log <laughs> because on because we're going to be anything. entering the compu realm duck fest of course because we are quarantined yes. uh, is happening online so yes uh there by the time this comes out there will be a like a page for you to go and check the schedule and stuff yeah and so in some ways that's kind of a bummer because we won't have that live audience energy and stuff in mm -hmm. another way though people everyone can come yeah um you know and uh and check it out it's gonna be very fun uh it is saturday and sunday mm -hmm. um saturday uh five shows mm -hmm. so uh you know different uh, duck feed shows are playing we have that schedule we're gonna put up but it's uh we're making an effort to not do everything we did last year mm -hmm. as well to, to kind of air out some other shows we have some guest shows again as well um, our friend, uh, Jim Crawford is doing a live topic Lords. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then Jeremy Greer is doing uh, a live monster of the week. Yeah. Um, podcast, uh, on the next day. And then Saturday night between sessions, uh, Nick Glauber is going to be hosting a game of Baron Munchausen, mm -hmm. which is a tabletop improv role-playing game. That is really fun. Um, that I may be too blasted to participate in, but I will definitely watch. <laughs> and, uh, there will be some, some fun people participating in that. And uh, it is a good time. Yeah. So it is a improv storytelling game that is real neat. Yeah. Um, additionally, we are going to be raising money for uh, Black Lives Matter and racial justice causes. Yes. Um, probably just that one that Secure Act Blue Melange. That yeah. Kind of yeah. That was all of them. Bail fund, yeah. But we, it is always difficult to uh, raise money and then have somebody come along and be like, oh, that's a bad use of money. And it's like, oh, shit. I. I didn't know. So mm -hmm. we, we just got to make sure, but it's uh, we'll have that hammered down by the time we, we hit play. Yeah. So you know where you're giving your money. It will be those causes and we're not going to accidentally give money, you know, to the, like the Confederate statue preservation fund or something <laughs> no, like that. No, like, oh, what oh, a shit. mess. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. oh, no. We just hired a bunch of Blackwater goons to guard the statue. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I didn't mean to. Fuck. Oh, Oopsie doodle. That's the opposite of how I uh, feel. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, so it's gonna it's gonna be good. It's gonna be nice to to feel like I'm doing something other mm -hmm. than just normal screaming. money donation. Yeah, yeah, screaming and and uh, you know screaming with my wallet, opening up my wallet and having it scream like a Beetlejuice door or something. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, it's gonna be really fun though. Uh, look forward to it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and uh, let's let's go. Uh, I'm all us out here with uh, Kellerak who says, uh, are there soundtracks you like from games you haven't played or haven't spent very much time with? Uh, Persona series. Like the one oh. of those that I've played the most of is uh, is Persona 4, which has very good music. Uh, but like, I don't know, I haven't played any of Persona 5. That music's really good. Like even earlier Persona <laughs> music is good. Yeah. No. Um, I don't have a good answer for this. I tend to uh, really want those like associations. Yes. So uh, there's good music that I recognize from series I don't like, but usually it'll come up in like compilations. Yeah. Um, like I'll throw on like a, a best of video game music kind of thing if the algorithm suggests it. Mm. Um, and then I'll be like, oh, this this fucking slaps. And then I'll be like, oh, Donkey Kong. You know, and then I'll just, <laughs> you know I'm not going to like go then search out the soundtrack to Donkey Kong because most of it is bongos and ooga booga noises and stuff. <laughs> you know, it, it's like I just want the water levels really. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I, I mean that literally bongos and Ugo, because that's what they use for that sound palette is people yes. saying Ooga Booga. Right. So that yeah. is not me categorizing a type uh, of actual music. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, let's see here. Dan writes with everything that's going on in the world with recent events, old shows are being taken, taken off of publication, etc. What are your views on whether older games, uh, that make fun glorify or disrespect gender race or any aspect of personal, personal individuality should be taken down or made inaccessible. My view is that it should be the decision of the person consuming that rather than someone else making that choice for me. Uh, there's a second question here that is much less serious than the first. So let's address the first. Okay. Yeah. Instead of just doing the whiplash, <laughs> I was, I spent a lot of time looking at this question, trying to see if the second question was a way of making fun of us for how we'd answer the first question. Yeah. And I know the, that's just me being sensitive, right, but I'm just yeah. like, Oh, is this, this person uh, hurting me? But yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I think, think they just... might be. They've commented before, and I, I do not have yeah, yeah. A, an aggressive association with uh, their names. Yeah, danger so. memory. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I, I agree that it should be in the hands of the person consuming mm -hmm. uh, generally. Um, you know, everybody draws their own line with stuff like that. I've been continually, you know, in several year long process of rewatching the Simpsons, mm -hmm. which never really ends. There's some like, there's a lot of shitty, like, Oh, it's a man. It's a, it's a woman yeah, you know, kind of yeah. transphobia jokes in that. I hate that shit, but I don't want those episodes taken off the air. Like it's, you know, there is a thing where it's like, to me, recognizing that it's a problem mm -hmm. and not repeating it isn't, is enough work. I don't have to memory hole. Yeah. Uh, the thing. Um, that's how I feel about it generally. Mm -hmm. uh, and with things like the Michael Jackson episode or like the movie gone with the wind or something like that, you can still watch those things. Yep. If I wanted to watch that Michael Jackson episode or do that, I could, I could make it happen. Mm -hmm. So something losing prominence or availability in, you know, in, in the respect of that Michael Jackson episode does not hurt me that much. Uh, and that's also, you know, at the time there was like doing real harm to the victims in like a real serious way. Like the dudes that were the subject of the popular documentary. Yes. So I get that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty much in line with you, you know, understanding that, I don't know, I come from a, come from a, a position of privilege where I don't have an awful lot of skin personally in the game. So it's, it's hard to, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to speak entirely for myself. Um, you know, or it's hard to do anything but speak for myself. There we go. Um, yeah. as far as like games go, you know, I don't know that it's hard to say. I'm like, I'm racking my memory. I don't know that games have had their, like their song of the South that it like has absolutely had to be memory hold because of its association or connotations. Right. They didn't start out as one. Right. Like it isn't like postal three or like hatred or something that wasn't them setting out to make a song of the South. <laughs> right. You know, which is, which is real weird. Like it's, it's, you know, right now the thing that pops to mind is like all of the absolutely shitty, you know, transphobia and misogynistic jokes in like Grand Theft Auto games, Yes, you know, which are, which are totally extant and, and are, but I, I've always felt, you know, I guess that like, I don't know if it's my Lovecraft fan DNA, but I'm just like, recognize the shit, mm -hmm. you know, like I, I, uh, if, as long as I'm not ignoring it, as long as I'm like, I'm grappling with it and thinking about the issues when they pop up. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's, that's the work. To yeah. Me. It's not virtuous just to, you know, um, not participate in things that have problematic elements in general. Yeah. Um, there are things where it's like supporting a person or supporting, you know, uh, actually giving money, which makes the difference to me. Yeah. But, yeah. Or, you know, get like you giving, know. giving, uh, giving oxygen or air, like, I don't know, probably, probably not going to like use my platform to talk about the neverhood. Um, you know? Yeah. 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 And well, that's, and also that's a weird thing where it's like, it goes to one person, Yes. you know, and that ends up making a difference. So like we, we talked about this with, um, 
labor issues, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that like Red Dead Redemption has a body count. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people people made that game and crunched themselves into oblivion. There's still people who made that game who are like extremely proud of it and just want you to play it. Yes. You know, um, it's it's too big of a thing to just be like, yeah, like one this, this did this thing. Like I, again, for me, like mm-hmm. anybody who chooses just to like boycott, <clears throat> I totally support that choice. Yeah. Um, but it's too big, or like, um, I always think of Parks and Rec. Like, oh yeah, like Aziz Ansari is a shithead, uh, but that is a TV show that with like a fairly diverse cast, a lot of women in the writers room. I don't feel like just throwing that whole thing out. Yeah. Based yeah. on one thing, whereas mm-hmm. the Neverhood is just directly doug ten apples dick you know it's like yeah. just it's just him showing his ass and it's one it's one dude other people worked on it but it wasn't a huge staff that guy's philosophy is like extremely a public figure like that is mm-hmm. what he is known for he's yes. a much stronger association i think mm-hmm. yeah and like the, this is a little bit foregrounded as well with the surprise re-release of persona 4 on pc um, and that mm-hmm. game kind of has what is general. I mean, so this is there, there's a conversation that has always happened around this and will continue to happen around it. There are a good number of people who believe that Persona 4 has a disa- has a disastrous hand- handling of queer and trans uh, characters. Um, mm-hmm. And that wasn't like changed or anything. It just kind of comes down to the to the individual person. And I think that the uh, the, the conversation is going to help steer people if they're, if they're out there looking for it and if they're sensitive to it. Yeah, yeah, and and again, just uh, you know, I, I say this a million times, but like, I draw your own line. Yes, right. I'm not here to tell anybody if they're just like, yeah, I can't believe I'm not going to play Persona Four. That shit makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. That that totally makes sense. Yeah, like. I'm fine with that. I'm not going to play it because it's 90 hours long. Uh, you know, it's, it's also, uh, you know, but I, I also think it, I see a lot of people who are directly impacted yes. specifically with persona Four, mm-hmm. by those issues who are like, Hey, we got to talk about this shit, but here are these other ways that this is actually really good. And I yeah. still really love it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it is okay to have like a, uh, a nuanced take. Yeah. You can have a split opinion. Where, yeah. yeah. Like it, it is, you know, again, just, uh, I have no idea how fashionable, uh, she is right now, but to, to draw it out that like feminist frequently frequency canard, like, you know, it is uh, possible and even necessary to enjoy things while recognizing their problematic elements. Yes. Uh, that is how I feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, second part of the question. Uh, are you lovers or haters of your own farts? Uh, I can be quite <laughs> proud of a horrendous smell I create, but maybe I'm just weird. So that is why I thought maybe the idea of sniffing your own farts. I was like, is this person making fun of us? But yeah, I, I, th- I think maybe, like maybe like, if I didn't know that Dan was, you know, unless Dan is playing a very long con, I would think maybe they're trying to get a uh, a soundbite that they could just kind of pull out where we say I either blank or don't my own farts. <laughs> because yeah. you know, in the euphemistic way, like, oh, are you getting half your own supply? Does your head up your own ass, et cetera? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, no. No, if I, no, it's only options. What's that? <laughs> lover or hater? <laughs> lover or hater? Uh, I mean, yeah. let's say let's let's say hater, uh, just because okay. if it is if I'm noticing it, then I feel like there's something wrong. You know, I yes. feel like the you know it's a little bit uh, you know it's a little bit like yeah, a, a healthy body doesn't make that doesn't make those chemicals that do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and otherwise, it's just like a lot of times just an audio thing. Yeah, and then that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want, I don't want, I don't like the smell of my own farts because it's like in general, I don't really smell them unless something is wrong. Right. Like you mentioned uh, the audio though. I got a new thing. Oh, uh, okay. I, like, I invented a cool innovation. <laughs> Did you? Uh, I have been. Here yeah, so we as are. A, as, 
you decided to listen in. Okay. Um, as a, as somebody, so you live alone and everything. Right. Right. And I'm, I'm somebody who has, uh, some would say a preternatural control over my own farts in that I, uh, I don't fart in company, uh, kind of period. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I have very trained guts in, in terms of that. So I can, I can control that stuff. Uh, I really like timing the audibleness of my farts with when I'm turning on or turning off lights. <laughs> I think it's very funny. Every time I do it, it makes myself laugh. It makes mm-hmm. me think about somebody spying on me and just me walking up to a light and going. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just think that's very funny. So that has been yeah. my, the, how I've been entertaining myself for the last week or so. You, you've invented the clapper uh, or the or the crapper. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just uh, just the association, and then uh-huh. I just keep thinking like, what if I'm Pavloving my oh, own guts yeah. to where sometimes I turn off the light and I'm just, ah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, cause becomes effect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I do. Uh, I do have to say, from the auditory perspective, and go, like, just we're, we're being such gross guys right now. But from the auditory oh, perspective, if I can, if I can startle Greta. Then that is very oh, funny sure. to me. Yeah, yeah. Like when a cat looks over at you, like that's uh-huh. a that's like nice moment. <laughs> it's so, bonding, is what it is. Yeah, I mean, every but you know, there's a we are being gross guys, but it's also like if it's going to happen, mm-hmm. like I don't know, I don't mind having fun with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Eric, Eric says, uh, since we're in the wake wake of the Demon Souls remake announcement, is it kosher if I drop a PSA? There's a very good private Demon Souls server called the Archstones uh, at thearchstones.com that takes, in my experience at least, less than five minutes to set up. Been seeing a lot of folks lament missing Demon Souls online components, but the Archstones server is roughly as populated as the official one was in its final year, so that experience is still within reach. Also, they have a Patreon which only receives fifty-seven dollars a month. I am pretty low for a great public service. Just wanted to spread the word about a great bit of preservation. Uh, anyway, fuck, Mary kill the adjudicator man eater and the second man eater that comes out halfway through the fight. <laughs> uh, so to the first part, the PSA is welcome. Actually, uh, when I streamed demon souls, I used the Archstone server, uh, specifically for mm-hmm. its capability to let you reset your world tendency. Cause I got myself mm-hmm. in pure black world tendency before I finished four, four one and Satsuki was making my life hell. Uh, did, oh, you, yeah, did, did you, you ever get pinned down by, by Satsuki? I've done uh, all of the Demon Souls stuff at some point. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's been a while, but like when I first got into the Souls games, that was you know I was like, oh, I'm going to make sure everything happens. Yeah. So yeah, no. It's uh. So if you're ready for Setsuki, that's one thing. If if Setsuki just stops your run before you can even get anywhere, uh, then that's another thing <laughs> entirely. Mm. Uh, but yeah, Archstones is really good. I had a, a good uh, good experience with that. Um. <laughs> So, in terms do, of fucking, marrying, and killing, though, that's tough. Yeah, um, I feel like marrying the the first man eater and fucking the second one mm-hmm. will create a more harmonious household. Gotcha. Because I could, could conceivably like cohabitate with all of them, mm-hmm. and you know, just uh, I mean, I guess then it's like kind of like having an affair with somebody's sister or brother. You know? Yeah, I would think but that would cause a little bit more dissonance. <laughs> it does create a narrative. You yeah, know, it's in a Sims way. Yeah, I think that's what I might do. You, you've built yourself a little, a uh, little, a little Tennessee Williams play there. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it so, leaves me killing the adjudicator, which you know I'm fine. I want to be able to make the butcher knife. So I suppose, but the thing is, the adjudicator isn't the big guy. Like the adjudicator, the adjudicator is just like death metal Kate Sith. You know, so like the the adjudicator yeah. is the bird at the top. 
Um, yeah. So uh, and I like I like birds. So yeah, I'm going to uh, bird bias is going to come in. Yeah, we're we're so we're bird bias is going to come in. So no, no, so Mary the adjudicator. Let's see here. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then I guess fuck the first man eater and kill the second. It's really tough doing the fuck Mary kill when, and when two of them are things you want to kill. The man eater. Yeah. yeah. You just described Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> like what happened to that guy? <laughs> um, <laughs> but the guy who's cheating on his wife got the, you yeah. know, or got the jump on him. <laughs> um, uh, with the, with the, the bird of uh, uh-huh. one, uh, the old guy who hung himself. Yeah. Brooks. Um, he was there. Brooks. Yeah, he was there. There was a Brooks here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <And> now, <laughs> no, there's not. You got to get some, some Shawshank uh, Silent Hill crossover meme. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. At some point. You can you can go. Uh, the, the, the Brooks is here beam is still up there at OSR. Oh. Yeah. They, they oh. just, I mean, they, they went to one of the admin rooms and used it as the uh, the tenement that he was living in. And the beam with hmm. Brooks was here carved there is still up there. Yeah. No. Oh. Film history. <laughs> stump the buff yeah stump the buff. here i am looking at a beam uh let's see here uh kale writes uh with more about uh about demon souls um i know this isn't bonfire side chat but with demon soul with the demon souls remake announcement are you guys as worried as i am that they are going to go for more of a ringed city difficulty rather than the difficulty of the original um i think i would be surprised if they explicitly up the difficulty i think that they might actionify it or change the pacing and uh kind of tenor of the mechanics and that worries me in general but i don't mm-hmm. feel like they're going to ring the city yet um from is not making it um, yeah it's blue point you know, so the it's like people who did the shadow of the colossus remaster oh. yeah it's it's so i think mm-hmm. that they probably have at least some kind of urge to 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 be you know true to the original spirit mm-hmm. and they're not stuck in from's weird like how can we fuck you right you know modern sensibility yeah i'm worried about anything that eliminates jank i hope that they preserve as much as uh, as much of that as they can that said it's very difficult for me to worry because we know next to nothing about it so that's the thing too yeah uh it would be bad yeah. if they if they ring city it or sekiro it but i, I just uh, yeah. i've got no idea yeah i'd be surprised yeah at this point but i, I do want to know more i do mm-hmm. think it's pretty the discourse yeah. around it, its looks have been has been obnoxious to me. Like <laughs> Demon Souls didn't go anywhere. Like well, you can still play the old, weird, empty, foggy Demon Souls. Yeah. And there, now there's a pretty shiny version. You just have a choice. Yeah. What, what, what's the discourse? People are like, oh, it's it's like they they've they've improved the look of it, so it's bad now. Yeah. Oh. Basically, like they just people don't like the the new look, and that's fine. Like yeah. I don't have any problem with that, but it's mm-hmm. like it's also it's not going anywhere. Right. Right. You know, the old one is still, still excellent. Like this still feels in terms of pure accessibility. This is awesome. Yeah. Um, getting it off of a, a dead system. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be like, it's like a beautiful book. You can only read in Latin. <laughs> yeah. Know, get that, get that shit translated. Yeah. Yeah. Pulling my Latin out of the closet and <laughs> yeah. Dusting off the controllers. <laughs> um, Matt says, uh, what do you think will happen first? Uh, Dark Souls, the movie or Dark Souls four? Which did you prefer? What do you want to see from each, if anything? It's a very broad uh, question. I think it's a very broad question. Uh, the first part, um, it's really hard for me to think, of, like, imagine Dark Souls, the movie. Yeah. Uh, coming out. Like, I, it could happen, but I would just be very surprised. So I almost want to say Dark Souls 4. And the reason why is because I think that it would be, like, from is like, we have no plans. 
And then, but I have been, you know, people say that all the time. And then like, there's money to be made. So in four years, like Dark Souls 4 could just come out. Mm-hmm. Like no problem, yeah. um, I could I could see that. Whereas the movie, that seems like it's more rightsy uh, and more difficult, like legally, mm-hmm. uh, and that seems yeah seems unlikely to me. It doesn't seem like something From would say yes to to me. Yeah, um, it, you know, maybe maybe best just an artificially high opinion of them that I have. You know, again, because yeah. yeah, there's there, there's money to be made. Yeah, I think a new Dark Souls game um, would be more likely. Would they call it Dark Souls Four? I don't know. Um, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I think they would for money reasons. Yeah, like, I, I I can imagine a Dark Souls Four. Yeah, I know they said they weren't going to do it. I literally can just like somebody, you know, companies change. Mm-hmm. People are going to like move up and down the ranks. People who loved Dark Souls are going to rise in the ranks of From. Yeah, you know, and stuff. I can just kind of see it. Mm-hmm. So, like, we got a new System Shock. Like, we're getting a new System Shock. You know, right. like, that kind of shit happens. <clears throat> Never is a long time. So, yeah. No. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't really want a Dark Souls movie. We've talked about that before uh, on some show. And I would want it to, like, have, like, almost no dialogue. It, it wouldn't It wouldn't be, like, a traditional movie. Well, what I would want know? is Dark Souls, the movie, as done by, like, um, Tarkovsky. Uh, or whoever yeah, did, uh, like you know, the the stalker movie. I forget his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got that, it. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that's like what that. I would want, and that is not what. That's not the kind of uh, the 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 kind of aesthetic that a video game adaptation attracts. So, like the thing we can look at is how Dark Souls has been adapted into comics, mm-hmm. and that's just a disaster. Yes, you know. Um, so I think that that is much more likely. You know, if, if like a Dark Souls movie makes me think of that, mm-hmm. like just like, oh, like unnecessary backstory on all these side characters or them just telling the story they want to tell anyway and yeah. calling it Dark Souls. Um, what I think would happen. Be very bef- hard to adapt. Yeah. What I think would happen before any of these is a Bloodborne movie. Because Sony owns I, the. I uh, yeah. Sony owns yeah. the uh, the distribution rights to that. That could happen, too. But I also don't want that. I also like, don't a, want the game that. Is so. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so weird and kind of idiosyncratic, mm-hmm. and the way that it tells its story does not lend itself to a two-hour or ninety-minute narrative, like at all. Yep. You know, if you're going to do any of these things, I'd rather have a TV show, but I don't even really want that. Like, no, I don't know. <laughs> like these are I'm good, good as games. These remaining as games. Yeah, yeah. Just let them be games. Well, they can be games. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Games are good. Uh, let's see here. Is this me? Uh, this is you. This is me. Okay. Uh, Brian writes. I am a Resident Evil boy. I love the series so much. Since lockdown, I found myself replaying through the entire numbered uh, the, the entire numbered series and one of the Revelations games, and they've got me thinking. Lately, cop protagonists and virus and pandemic plots don't sit the same way with me that they used to. I realize that I'm probably just playing the wrong games at the wrong time, but I imagine I'm probably not alone and that I don't really have the same tolerances for some of the series' go-to elements, and I'm not sure that I ever will. I'm happy to see that RE7 and RE8 have been getting a little further away from those tropes, but they don't seem to be gone. My question is this, to you both. Does Resident Evil have room for either law enforcement protagonists or pandemic-slash-bioterrorism stories anymore? Uh, what would you like to see instead? Um, or an alternative or follow-up question, with cop protagonists and viruses being such big tropes in video games in general, uh, how do you guys see these topics being handled in the future across the medium? What would you like to see? 
Uh, thanks. Stay safe and healthy and fuck cops, except maybe the RPD. The RPD is pretty fucked up in general. Yeah. Yeah. Like, except except for maybe eggs, like, actually, except for maybe like those four, yeah. those four members of stars. <laughs> yeah. You know, and Marvin. Right. Right. You know, and then everybody else though. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a couple of good apples. Right. You know, in the, in the, uh, general bad apple dude, this mm-hmm. is probably, um, there's like right now we are in a cultural moment where a lot of people are writing about this, yes. uh, who are, I think are smarter than I am and have more skin in the game, mm-hmm. um, in terms of, uh, kind of, uh, racial kind of perspectives, right. um, on, on this specific topic. The only thing that I think of in relation to this is it's going to be a really long battle to get cops out of our narratives in a general sense and out of our genre fiction yeah um that is so ingrained like right now you know i have a lot of uh people in my personal circle who are really on board with this and they're like yeah defund the police and everything but i feel like in a general sense that is an idea that still clangs on a lot of people no matter how much i might be down with that. Like I look right, at these budgets right. and I'm like, whoa, you know, that's, that's, that's dumb as hell. Yeah, I, yeah. I think a lot of people are just like, Oh, we can't do that. Like what, who will I call if I die? Um, you know, without actually looking into it that much. So I think mm-hmm. that like we got a long way to go mm-hmm. before, uh, narratives, uh, change. And when you look at, uh, Resident Evil, you know, coming from Capcom, a Japanese company, they also have kind of a different context, um, with this and a different context with like genre fiction in general, mm-hmm. you know, the, the reason why, uh, like there, that company trying to ape certain kind of movie franchises and American, like classic movie genres and stuff mm-hmm. gave us Resident Evil. Right. Um, I don't see that going away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I just, it's, it'd be very hard for me to think of that just being totally eliminated, especially the virus angle. Um, you know, yeah. I could see non-cop protagonists happening before the virus thing, mm-hmm. uh, because viruses and parasites, like that's, that's, <laughs> that's, the, that's, that's the, the series. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the series. Like I don't want to fight just dudes. Uh-huh. Um, and you know, if it's not a virus or a parasite that is creating monsters for me to kill in the game, like it's gotta be something that's mm-hmm. also ethically, you know, right. in real life. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, something that also might, you know, uh, just uh, align with somebody else's horrible experience with something bad or something really bad that has happened in the world, you know? Yeah. Like, they're they're horror games. Bad, murdery things are going to happen. Yeah, dark Um, science will happen. Yes. Um, You know, and cops as a heroic protagonist is, like, they, they have entries where they've moved away from that. I mean, you know? the majority of them, like they've kind of moved away from being like general, like beat cop kind of things to like special forces, almost like Leon became a member of the Secret Service. Chris, you know, went on to be part of like yeah, what the SAA. Um, yeah. You know, which like, is also it's not like that's also great, though, because right, they're also right. essentially cops. Right. You know, it's still it's still law enforcement, you know, mm-hmm. and uh I just, I, yeah, I don't, I could see them moving away from that a little bit more than moving away from viruses. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think we're, they'll ever totally get away from that because it's so ingrained in the genre at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, like when I say ever, I mean like on a timeline, like a foreseeable timeline. Yeah. You know, who knows what resident, like if they're still making resident evil games in 10 years, 12 mm-hmm. years, you know, that could look totally different. Yeah. But yeah, I don't, uh, that's a long time for that series to last too. Yeah. Um, you know, like Ethan is not a cop. 
like maybe he has been yeah. conscripted uh, somewhat into new umbrella it's it's hard to hard to tell based on the based yeah. on the trailer that we saw <laughs> um yeah uh I, I pretty much i'm pretty much on board with uh with everything you said uh you know but like that said i wasn't terribly bothered by the re3 remake when it came out like right at the height of america starting to take coronavirus seriously or when we were taking it seriously like it was still yeah. kind of an escape for me because like a zombie virus is inherently more fantastical than like a you know like if i don't know just just for example like if they try to debut a film version of the stand at this point which is about a super flu you know like the the mm -hmm. actual fan the, you know it like it is viral but it is so fantastical like it might as well be like a like a virus that that turns people into dragons you know like yeah that virus that turns people inside out right right yeah yeah i don't um and then also i think and again uh in terms of like line drawing like this kind of thing just doesn't tend to bug me that much. Right. And I, right. I don't judge anybody for whom it does. You know, if you're just like, Hey, with current events, like I don't want to shoot a gun right now because there's a lot of guns Yeah, and you're like, you know, going on and I don't want to play a game where I shoot a gun. But for me, uh, those kind of things are very compartmentalized for me. Mm -hmm. Like it does not, you know, I can read about horrific gun violence and then play dusk and they just feel so worlds apart. Mm-hmm. You know, I like, I don't like, I, I don't think I would be like way into like playing the division, you know, right now yeah. while like riot cops are, you know, fucking up my city every night. Mm -hmm. But like, if I'm going to play resident evil or something like that, it's not just the presence of guns, I guess. Yeah. No, you know, I don't want to like, you know, I don't know that I'd be in the mood to watch like the third Christopher Nolan Batman movie about shutting down Occupy right now. Right. You know, and the heroic cops coming in and shutting down <laughs> you know, people resisting. Like, I don't think I'd be into that, but yeah. to me, yeah. my, my sensitivities in that respect are much more uh, blunt, you know, so it has to be a pretty like direct comparison for me to notice or care. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of thing. Mm -hmm. and, like, and it also goes, you know, beyond just like the protagonist that you have involved as well. Like, I don't know, the discourse around uh, Spider-Man has come up again now that uh, the Miles Morales. Yeah. Um, uh, either new game or expansion. It's really unclear at this point. Um, now that's come up of like Spider-Man's real chummy relationship with the NYPD. You know, that was not fashionable when the marvel game when the original one came out yeah and it's only getting yeah. less fashionable as it goes you know that, that uh that discourse was so annoying to me personally mm -hmm. uh because it's like yeah i've read a share of spider-man comics yeah and like yes spider-man was not like directly a cop but it's not like spider-man throughout his history did not have cop friends and didn't tie up criminals for cops yes like he did that for people to get arrested like it's mm -hmm. not like spider-man inherently had a like distrust and dislike of the cops yeah, and people so reading that as if it were a huge betrayal you know by, by a, like, a huge betrayal by the time it came around to marvel's spider-man on ps4 yeah yeah like the yeah. oh this is this is, isn't spider-man at all and i'm like no mm -hmm. actually it's lots of spider-man yeah like you can't play that game with comic book characters because they contain everything mm -hmm. because they're they're nothing like an actual character right uh, in any other medium um and it's like you know the idea of the surveillance stuff in the spider-man ps4 game was i can imagine like a the character spider-man being a little bit more skeptical of that mm -hmm. you know but i also like can imagine him not like there yeah. are many eras and many Spider-Men who would have just been like, 
yeah, got to catch the bad guys. There's crooks mm-hmm. and there's cops. Yeah, yeah. You know, I would have liked to have seen more, a more woke Spider-Man, but the mm-hmm. idea that it was a betrayal or is somehow like super fucked up that Spider-Man would team up with cops. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Hey, who do you think he ties those people up for? Mm-hmm. Like he sends people to prison constantly. There's tons yeah. of storylines of him going to prison with all the people he's sent there. Uh-huh. Like Spider-Man is part of the... <laughs> The, you know the prison industrial complex like yeah. spider-man sends people to prison <laughs> yeah Sp- like, spider-man and batman are like only separated by like a couple of years and an income like <laughs> several billion dollars yeah. you know like you know the the superheroes send people to jail right like it is just the case yes there are some that, superhero exceptions that that, that is like why in, the police and military consult on those when they become movies because it becomes you know like a it becomes like yeah. a, a you know pr every yeah. once in a while there's like yeah propaganda stuff in there yeah you know or like military propaganda it happens it is part of, of the the genre in a lot of ways and yeah. I, I think that is a fine reason to reject the genre mm-hmm. but i don't like it when people pretend that that's not what's been happening and when it's not baked in yeah yeah you know it, it, to me it is baked in like mm-hmm. you can you can accept it or not you could you should look again going back to the other thing like look at it be critical of it you know just be like or question it like hey is this a good idea for cops in this thing but don't pretend like it's like oh they this is tone deaf to the genre yeah. and, and no, also I don't think it is. also personally like if you're watching cops do horrible things on the on tv every night uh you know i think it might be reasonable to say ah shit man i'm just not in the mood for that right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, yeah to- totally like there, there's the mood is like totally a, a fine thing yeah. like there's there's a difference between like just not wanting to partake in in something because you're not in the mood versus like drawing a stand against it i guess mm-hmm. and both are okay are okay but they're not uh they're different acts yeah you know like just being like yeah i'm just not in the mood for that right now like i have been trying to get my girlfriend to watch chernobyl and she's not in the mood because it's really relevant right now yeah I'm like no no it's so good it's a masterpiece we gotta watch it and she's like i just have not been in the mood She's not saying, like, I don't want to watch a, uh, something that glorifies government incompetence, like, as a general principled stand. She's just, like, not in the mood for it. Yeah. And one of those things, you know, they're just very different. hmm You know? So, if yeah. she had just been, like, I don't want to watch anything about that, that would also be okay. Yeah. But different things, I think. Yep. Um, Coalmine Canary <clears throat> asks... Uh, what's a gaming habit, for lack of a better term, you changed that was for the better? I don't recall which episode it was, but something y'all said went along the lines of, the game is balanced around consumables, so use them. And since then, I have had a light bulb moment. I no longer hoard items in games, even in survival horror ones. I'm almost certain uh, without this change in mindset, I would have hated the weapon durability in Breath of the Wild and been too conservative and less expressive in Dishonored. Um, that's a good one. Yeah. You know? Use the tools the game gives you. Uh, if if something seems too difficult or too obnoxious, that's might be what's going on. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. Unalaska sucks without uh, X potions, right? You know, or what have you. Like, use your use your full heals, mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that. Yeah, like there was probably a time, uh, you know, I think before we started the show, where I was a little bit more um, of a completionist in games. Uh, oh that's a great one yeah you know and just that that is an instinct that i have just you know that is just really stamped out of me not just because of expedience for the show but just kind of in in general i've become more attuned to more attuned to the difference between being done with a game and finishing a game you know yeah 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 i also think uh one of the things that i i've changed that i'm very happy with is rolling with suboptimal income uh outcomes yes uh, things. So like, you know, using a current example of playing Tactics Ogre now, I'm pretty sure I missed a recruitment mm-hmm. uh, in a recent battle. 
Um, and I think that a younger me would have restarted to get that because, oh my God, I can't believe I missed something. <laughs> and now I am much more okay with like, well, my version of the story, my care, you know, Dedham didn't find that person or yes. didn't team up with them. And that's just my version of the story. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, getting into that kind of thing, you know, some people can't get on board with that kind of mindset. For me, I found it very liberating and, uh, just made me feel more attached and feel like playthroughs are more unique, but I can be like, yeah, that's, this just didn't happen for me. I, I did other stuff instead. That is like a, a weird way, like a philosophy that I bring to like a lot of stuff in real life mm -hmm. and applying it to video games as well has been helpful. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, do you want to move on to uh, media questions and show questions? Let's do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Greg writes, do you have any advice for getting people to watch your streams? As you guys know, I'm really busy in real life and I uh, have some games I'd like to play, but I'm on the fence about. I figure if people watch me, that will give me incentive to play them uh, and it would be more fun for me to play them also. Uh, in the past, when I've tried streaming, I've given advance notice on social media sites, but despite my best effort, never got anyone to watch. And they weren't sucky games either. Urquan Ur Masters, Super Castlevania 4, Dishonored, etc. Yeah, uh, getting people to watch your streams. It's I, tough. I, I have no idea. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, I don't. I don't like. And this is you know. No judgment on streamers. Some of my best friends are streamers. Um, I don't like watching live streams mm -hmm. uh, because I don't like appointment viewing. Right. Um, so, like, I will tune into a special event or something. Like, mm -hmm. I will do, like, uh, you know, a, somebody's streaming a concert or something like that. Or I'll tune into AGDQ mm -hmm. every once in a while. But I'd much rather watch those things on YouTube later without the chat and without uh, the time constraints. Yeah. So I have no idea how to do this because I don't, I can't put myself in the mindset of somebody who would watch a stream. I'd much rather just watch a YouTube at my own leisure. Yes. So. Um, and for me, it's pretty much just been like every other piece of advice that we give on the show consistency, uh, you know, having the time and place, uh, announcing ahead of time what that is going to be, cultivating uh, the community in the chat by being uh, responsive to them. Not like from a like, whoa, hey, yeah, but like, you know, saying hi and welcoming people in and, you know, reading their comments with context, you know, so people understand it when it gets uh, archived later on. Uh, it's just an awful lot of like being happy with having five or ten viewers for a long time until you until you end up having 25 to 30, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, but just generally, if you build it uh, and keep on building it, they will come for different varying uh, definitions of they. Yeah, they might yeah, come. They might come. You know, if if, if you build it. Like, yeah. in general, there's probably other people to give advice for how to build, like, a, a streamer. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. being a streamer streamer. Mm -hmm. Like, the people who do it all the time, like your Loboses and what have you. But my thing that I've noticed with people who do that is they do it literally every day and yeah. all day. That's too much. You know, the... the <laughs> the way Lobos does it is he does it 40 hours a week plus, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's just a full-time job and people really like that. Like they can just have it on pop in the in, background or work you know. or whatever, you know, pop in and pop out and stuff like that. I don't think that the way that I relate to it being, um, a manageable task lends itself very well to like building a mega audience. Same. Yeah. For it. So. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm so. fine streaming six hours a week and you know, you just get what you get on that. Yeah. yeah, you got to enjoy it just like any of the things. So if like, you like doing it, that's got to be that's got to be enough. Right. Um, as far as like playing sucky games or not, I think that a lot of people don't look for games. 
Right. Uh, in that, um, again, I'm projecting here. I'm just thinking about my own mindset, but I cannot imagine in a million years, like logging on to Twitch and being like, who's playing this game? I like, I feel like watching this game and then just, it happens. And it's weird. Fate. <laughs> I think that's really weird. I, you know, like, I think that's really strange. So maybe yeah. that is a way to attract an audience, but mm-hmm. I can't, I don't know. Those people seem like aliens to me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what are you doing? Fucking strange. Yeah. I think that yeah. when you're picking a game, it depends on if you have anything interesting to say about it. You know, like, yeah, you just it just if you're going to if you're going to stream something just to seem like, you know, because it, it, it ranks high and is popular, um, that'll make bad content as opposed to streaming something mm-hmm. that you have an opinion about, like Greg with SNES games and stuff. So, yeah. 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 Uh, moving on to show yeah. questions. Uh, Brett says, uh, Cole, how do you decide which patrons get thanked and where and which order? to keep track of it to avoid repeats a shameful confession i find myself worrying that i had my name read a long time ago uh only to be waiting for something that might have already happened or might never happen uh sad face uh anyway as a working person i sincerely appreciate all the effort uh, you guys pour in the network your labor has a meaningful impact on my everyday life lots of love from the bay area thanks brett yeah thank you uh i i checked when your question came in your name is pretty far down the list right now uh going at five per episode is uh you know, it's it's a, it's a slow pace, uh, but it is there. You have not uh, missed it. Uh, so what like what happens is like when people sign up at the ten dollar level, like Patreon has you set like a reward in the background, um, and, and Patreon will just keep like, hey, this person gets this benefit. I download that spreadsheet and then put those into the big master list. It is sorted by the uh, uh, by the join date uh, that pe- that people have on the Patreon. Uh, on the patreon campaign um and yeah i check and make sure there are no duplicates i have like a little macro that i run that highlights duplicates so i can get rid of them um and i tend to that list you know once every couple of months or so because you know we have such a backlog of them yeah uh and then uh we got one more show question before we move on to uh topics in the lightning round why don't Mm -hmm. you take us uh yeah mark Mark says do you all have a nope list of games uh you know that you will definitely never cover on the show i assume 100 plus hour jrpgs automatically automatically get a spot on there for logistical reasons but are there any others that you can think of off the top of your heads uh that you know that you will pass on uh probably i don't have a list i have a feeling of revulsion that happens sometimes (laughs) when i hear certain titles yeah you know just like oh, mm, mm, mm. there have mm. been ones that pop up in the past like the perennial one um is uh is chrono cross because of how unfriendly it is to colorblind uh players yeah um even though i like chrono a Cro- one for me to play yeah i like yeah. chrono cross quite a bit um another one that's come up is like yeah shenmue probably you know is, shenmue's it, on my list i i have know. no because when i the things that are on the list that are not uh really really long jrpgs which like will include your like Xeno sagas and stuff, which is yeah. something that I don't like and is too long mm-hmm. um, are things uh, that I just don't think would make anybody happy. Yeah. Like we would do, we would do like Shenmue. Uh, I played Shenmue when it came out. I tried to revisit once I could, I bought a dreamcast as an adult, hated it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm like, Oh, I have changed a lot. Yeah. Like this is dumb to me now, extremely dumb. Mm-hmm. And then we would do it and I would explain like what the, my experience and like the problems I have with it. 
And then I feel like I'll, I'd get a lot of responses that were just people like, oh, but at the time it was really innovative. And it's like, well, it's like I know. I know. I played it. That was it. there. Like, that was yeah. one of the best Christmases leave it, leave I ever it. had getting that. <laughs> like Quarantine it in the past because it doesn't hold up. And, like, yeah. the weird, you know, the Shenmue is just Shenmue and Shenmue is good automatically, like, discourse that came around Shenmue 3 was really annoying to me <laughs> and is, like, the opposite of how I want to engage with media. Right. Like, it's just Shenmue. And I'm like, well, yeah, but what does that mean? And, like, you know... I don't know. There's a lot of like pitchfork reviews. Yeah. The pitchfork 2002 reviews of Shenmue 3 <laughs> that like throw me a little nuts. Yeah. So if I think it won't make anybody happy, uh-huh. uh huh. It's on that list. See also Kingdom me. Hearts. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts won't make anybody happy. Mm-hmm. Like I could dig in and find a competent AR, like a competent version of a genre I don't love mm-hmm. uh, in Kingdom Hearts 2, I'm sure. But the context of visiting Little Mermaid Land and mm-hmm. Pirates of the Caribbean Land is not good enough for me uh, i have no interest in doing that and then on top of it the story and pacing stuff is not fun to me mm-hmm. like i get that people who enjoy it a lot of times it's partly because it's bad you know it's like oh this is convoluted and silly and i like that yeah, yeah. um I, I don't like that mm-hmm. uh it feels really bad to me yeah you know so i just don't think it'd make anybody happy mm-hmm. um sequels to things we've done that we really didn't like Right. pretty unlikely like i don't think we get a lot of mileage out of doing like soul reaver 2 no no probably not you know <laughs> like that's that's probably not or um things that we did a representative version of so like uh we did tomb raider but we're not going to do like tomb raider 3 right you know we could do tomb raider 2016 mm-hmm. but we're probably not going to do just another er tomb raider right There are things that would not fit the format. So, like, I don't know. I like NFL 2K5. Probably not going to do an episode of the show about it. (laughs) I would love love to try something like that. Yeah. Like, I I think that kind of... I would much rather do an experiment with a non-traditionally narrative thing than do something that is a narrative that has gameplay, like, you know, ho-hum gameplay, but has Mm -hmm. a narrative that, I like, immediately puts me off. Yeah. You know? Um, I think that kind of stuff is neat. And mm-hmm. we're going to run into it with uh, the Mario Golf game, which is yeah. weird. Shit, man, I'm down for um, it. It'll be a weird episode. I'm down for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's been fun. Like, I've been playing it. It's just going to be a weird episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would much rather have experiments than just like, yeah. we, it's like, yes, we could talk about the plot of Xenosaga, <laughs> you know, for like the the, the whole thing. Or mm-hmm. like Dot Hack. <laughs> you know and like hack. yes like that's a convoluted dumb plot that we dunk on it would be maybe kind of fun it's just not worth like 30 hours of my life though yeah you yeah know? um yeah. it'd be probably be pretty hard to do a do an mmo for waffle though we've, we've talked about it before um I, that's the experiment i want to do once yeah like you know once. someday we'll we'll do that and i just want to do it once and be like okay yeah and then yeah. we're and then we're good yeah, yeah. um and when i think like, of stuff that would be like or, sorry go ahead oh no and, and and then stuff that we have like no insight into that like we would get just stomped by people um who uh mm-hmm. who say like oh you haven't you haven't been invested in this and you know, invested in this the entire time like i don't know like if somebody said hey go play arma 3 and it's like yeah. i don't know what these guns are i don't know what that vehicle does i've not played armas one through two uh, yep. <laughs> stuff like that i don't, I don't know who you arma know. is yeah just uh different different versions of uh the the tf2 problem where people really complain that we talked about the characters and story and related media yeah. and not like the, the the meta you know even though at some point we'll do left for dead and we will talk about the characters story lore and related media well yeah like. because <laughs> because fuck them fuck anybody who valve is really good at that stuff yeah that it's a it's a thing that we like about the things they do yeah 
Yeah. Um, there's also things that um, I'd really like to do that would be uh, like, I'm pretty committed to the no more split EPs thing. I think that like, yeah, you know, part of the idea for new off was always supposed to be that sometimes we have hour long episodes and that's fine. Mm -hmm. And it hasn't really come out that way, but like, like I've been playing a lot of luminous, right? Mm -hmm. um, I love that game. There's a lot to it. Yeah. Like I could talk about that game for 45 minutes pretty easily. Mm -hmm. It would fit weirdly into the structure. Yeah. So we have to kind of consider whether that would buck too many expectations and people would not like it. Yeah. You know, we do things we want to do, but also we want people to listen to the show and enjoy it. Yes. Um, yeah. So something like that, people might be like, Ugh, mm -hmm. you know, might get pissy about it. So it's not number one on the list. But if a patron like said like, hey, do Kingdom Hearts 2 uh you know donkey kong country or luminous be like fuck man let's do luminous <laughs> and do just luminous, use it as yeah. a you know an, an like we'll do it before like a 40 hour long you know intense game yeah to give ourselves time to play both at the same time mm -hmm. although shit you know? like like a luminous episode would be would be 45 minutes to record but that would be hours and hours and hours of play because i wouldn't be able to pull myself yeah. out of it yeah yeah, in a good way though. Yeah, and you yeah. can do it whenever. And mm -hmm. the the music, uh, the episode would have banging music. Of course. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, uh, another thing would so. be uh, would be gear. Um, so like I oh, don't know. Sure. Half Life Alex is a really fun game that I enjoy quite a bit. Um, just somebody like in order for it to be a feasible economic thing, we would have to get Gary a VR headset. <laughs> like we'd have to get him an yeah. Oculus Quest. You know, it'd be it'd be weird. We yeah. Which is something that like someday will be on the list, right? Like yeah, we yeah. recognize the the Patreon's doing all right. Mm -hmm. um, we can uh, we can get those things. Like we ought to do Darrisine at some point. Yeah. Um, like I will get a VR helmet at some point for mm -hmm. stuff. You know, we will probably uh, for bonfire side chat reasons end up with PS fives. Yes. You know, for for Demon Souls remake versions to talk about that and stuff. So getting those equipments, I think of equipment as being prohibitive more in the case of like doing extremely hard to find games yeah. um, or games that require a bunch of plastic in, in your apartment. Like, like I like, um, you know, uh, what is that? Uh, Tyco drum master, mm -hmm. you know, but like just being like, yeah, you got to buy a Tyco set. It's expensive. And then you have to have this piece of plastic that you're, you know, I'm probably not going to go back to Tyco drum master right. continuously. Like we did the rock band episode, which was really fun, mm -hmm. but I haven't, I haven't been able to keep those instruments. Right. And like I keep moving to a series of smaller apartments. Like, <laughs> um, I live in big city. It's hard. Yeah. Uh, so things like that or like really rare games. Yeah. If somebody, you know? if somebody like, uh, <laughs> if somebody backed at like to, to do rule of Rose or something like, yeah, like it's, it's possible. But like, if I sent, you know, I, I could burn a copy and play it on my mod chipped PS2. That's fine. But like, if I sent that to Gary, I'd have to buy insurance on it. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> like, so it was, and, and like things like that too, we have to take into consideration is that like some people, other you know, people there's need to play them. Yeah, yeah. There, there are people who listen to the show because who only listen to episodes of stuff they've like played. Like, mm -hmm. I just want to have the experience of like reminiscing about this game that I also like or I want to share my experience. Yeah. Um, and with things that are like really hard to play, mm -hmm. and this would show up even with like Half Life Alex, right? Like, yeah we could talk about that. Like I am interested in that. I think it would be fun to talk about. Yeah. Um, the portion of our audience who only really wants to hear about things that they are familiar with, you know, the VR base is just not that big. Right. Uh, we, you know, most of our listeners probably don't have VR sets. Right. Um, so there are a lot of different things like that that kind of play into how we pick mm -hmm. uh, things that are on the no, no list. Right. Um, 
And then like length is the number one thing. Mm -hmm. So it's like, even though I like Persona 3, I like Persona 4, Mm -hmm. I just can't imagine 90 hours being a good, you know, value proposition for for this. And we could stretch it out. We could do a whole month Mm -hmm. on it. Um, You know, there's Mega 10 Marathon, you know, uh, hosted by some some friends of the network um, who kind of go through and they just kind of bonfires. I chat it. Yeah. Um, But then you run into a thing where it's like our listeners who just like don't. I think one of the things that Watch Out for Fireballs provides is variety. Where if you don't like the thing that we're talking about, if you're not interested, you can duck out for a week and then come back in with something you are interested in. Right. Um, if we just spent six weeks doing Persona 5, mm-hmm. that's potentially six weeks that a large portion of our audience is just like, yeah, I don't care about what they're talking about. <laughs> yep. You know, if I was listening to the show and, and I, somebody was doing six weeks on Persona 5, I wouldn't keep listening. Mm-hmm. You know, and that kind of inertia is incredibly powerful. Like, yes. you know, we don't want to give people jumping off points. No, no. You know? So, um, yeah, that we we had more of an answer to that question than I expected. Yeah, thorough ass <laughs> answer, Mark. <laughs> yeah. Um, do we do we do topic then lightning round, or do we lightning round then topic? It remember. really just depends on what we feel like doing. Let's do the lightning round because yeah. then I can close this uh this window. Yes. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, I'll do the first one here. Marcus asks, "What are your favorite pastries? I'm including cookies, cakes, brownies, etc. as pastries as well." Donut, um, a glazed donut, eh? sour cream donut. Wow. Yeah. Keep it simple, man. Wow. That's, yeah, that's, that's extremely simple. Uh, you know, pastries having to be a, uh, a baked good because I like I'm in a real cheesecake phase mm, uh, yeah. right now. Uh, I not right now. I haven't had cheesecake in like a year, but I like <laughs> cheesecake. I've, I guess I what I'm saying is I would like some right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love cheesecake. In terms of more traditional uh, pastries, I really like a croissant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Croissant's good. Yeah. A big uh, flaky, super buttery uh, croissant. If you have an option to get a sandwich on a croissant and you don't take that option, I don't think you come from the same planet as me. Yeah. Yeah. That's a a croissandwich. Get Mm -hmm. out of here. Uh, I've also been making, uh, baking and making pastries at home mm. and just kind of like experimenting. Yeah. And I've been making a lot of bannock bread, which is a Canadian peasant bread. Okay. That is unleavened. And, uh, I've made it sweet. I've made it savory. Uh, it's good. Nice. I've been a fan of the is bannock. Is this, uh, is this something that, uh, that, that our, that our buddy Jane, uh, Townsend, uh, taught you, thought you about? Bannock bread? No. Mm, oh, okay. It's Canadian. It's, it's, uh, yeah. So, I, I, I didn't know if you would be pulling somebody in. From the... <laughs> no, no. He, I, I did. I was going to make hardtack from the Townsend mm. uh, recipe at one point, uh, and didn't. Mm. So good story. Uh, <laughs> I was just going to make it for a gameplay night because I had characters like on a ship, and I was like, "Oh yeah, you know, here's yeah. what you eat." I thought that'd be a cool, cool thing. And it's... then like watching Townsend and be like, "Actually, you dump it in soup and crush it into bits, right? Or it doesn't taste good." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh, uh, Mark Mahler asks, uh, what are the best cats in fiction? I vote for Jonesy. Or what is the best cat in fiction? Mm-hmm. I vote for Jonesy from Alien slash Aliens. Jonesy's good. Jonesy's jo- good. Jonesy's a good-ass cat, although uh, he does lead a lot of people to their death. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jones, Jonesy's a, like a Pied Piper of <laughs> misery and death, yeah. honestly. Um, yeah. I, I really rolled uh, this question over my head, and this is going to sound like an insincere answer. Uh, Garfield? Okay. Uh, Garfield has brought yeah. me probably the most joy in my life, both when I was a kid and liked the cartoon and read the read the comic strip, and then as an adult, the ironic uh, Garfield appreciation that the internet has brought I, me. Uh, yeah, lasagna cat and abject suffering. Yeah, it's like it's it's shifted yeah. over and be and become become good again. 
Uh, I would have to say, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the the cat that has brought me the most joy outside of outside of Greta the cat um, and stories of Gary's cats, of course, um, is, uh, is, uh, is 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 Garfield. Yeah, Garfield's a good answer. Yeah, um, I'm gonna throw down Santa's uh, or Snowball too. Ooh, um, yeah. I recently watched the uh, Dalmatians episode where, Snowball, <laughs> thinks she, where the Dalmatian thinks it's one of the the, the models ink. Uh huh. <laughs> then Snowball comes up. Get Somebody that get that cat damn out cat out of the way. <laughs> yeah. And then you know the, the when the uh, the other they uh, they get laddie. Well, and Snowball too get jealous. Yeah. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> Marge like realizing the cat and dog have been living in sin. Uh. You know them, them being like uh, when they get into the the cartoon violence and uh-huh. stuff about the cat and dog and Santa's little helper and Snowball Two look at each other like, uh, <laughs> like and there's uh, a lot of really good Snowball Two jokes. Yeah, <laughs> like like Snow, Snowball being the Luigi of the of the family pets, just uh, mm-hmm. just the constantly adored one is such a is such a funny thing to me. Um, yeah. Oh, <laughs> when Nelson comes over and uh, Lisa oh, yeah. keeps, she, <laughs> keeps trying kitty. to be the baby, be the baby kitty. Yeah. She loves this. Be the baby kitty. <laughs> yeah. That's a very well observed. Yeah. There, moment. There, there's uh, even a uh, there's there's e- soul. Oh yeah. And, and then she's like, you're awfully uppity for somebody who eats bugs all day. <laughs> <Cost of the carnage. laughs> and like one little bug comes up and crawls away. <laughs> like there, there's even a really good, uh, like, like late series Simpson joke. It's like, it's an episode where snowball two dies and Lisa keeps on getting new cats. And you yeah, know, like yeah. it's it just they they keep on like renaming it, and she gets new you know new bowls and stuff. And then at the end, they get one that looks just like Snowball Two, and they say, ah, you know, I don't I don't want to get you a new a new bowl, so we're just going to call you Snowball Two. Um, and then Principal mm-hmm. Skinner you know is walking by and says, oh, that's awfully convenient, isn't it? And then Lisa looks at him yeah. and says, uh, yeah, sure it is, Armin Tamzarian. Yeah, <laughs> the, uh, he keeps walking. Yep. That's, 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 that's good. So yeah, Snowball Two. Snowball Two is good. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, and then Killer Cab uh, gives us our last lightning round question. Uh, have you checked out the new Souls games? I think coming out next year, Mortal Shell. Uh, Mortal Shell was announced. Mortal it Shell. yeah. For example, um, uh, Mortal Shell. Uh, I watched the trailer today when I was putting the the the, the notes together. Uh, looks real Soulsy. I hope that it develops its own uh, its own identity. That'd be neat. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I uh, I haven't. I've been cranky about Souls like since we did the surge, kind of. Yeah, um, you know, just like being like, I don't really want to just do this combat system in in areas that are not interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been a little bit annoyed. Yeah, uh, and put off, but I will. You know, follow, that will fade, and I will follow them a little bit more closely. And people will uh, bring them to our attention if they come out and yeah, are yeah, good. Get so for us, yeah, yeah. I I've been. Um, I don't watch a lot of trailers, like game trailers and stuff. Yeah. Like the, the PS five reveal stuff looked really cool mm-hmm. to me. It was the first time I watched game trailers in quite a while. Like it's not yeah. something I do very often. Mm-hmm. So, um, moving on to the topic, we, we inserted one of our own because we're going to do a cleanup, another topic cleanup episode mm-hmm. tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Um, just because it was something that we both were thinking about and mm-hmm. we're like, Oh, we have something to say about this. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Uh, so the topic episode, uh, this is, uh, so, like meta and specifically solved meta. Yes. So uh, in games that have, uh, primarily like an online component, like the, this'll, this'll happen to like in, in, in offline games where there's like an optimal way, uh, to play. Um, but, uh, you know, specifically in an online game with a community around it, if there is an accepted, like, this is the only way to play and it is often belligerently enforced. Yes. 
Um, yeah. And I, I guess like just to chat about, uh, you know, that's something that puts both of us off. Mm-hmm. I, I find that kind of attitude really repulsive and off-putting. Yep. Um, and it keeps me away from games, uh, <laughs> games that I would ordinarily enjoy. Um, because it, to me, in a weird way, it flies in the face of like, if you think about a multiplayer game versus a single player game, mm-hmm. what are you getting with a multiplayer game? Um, you're getting, you know, a human player is always going to be, uh, ideally and kind of theoretically more challenging and interesting to play against, like less predictable mm-hmm. than a human opponent. Um, but that gets thrown out the window when everybody is playing a certain kind of magic deck. Yes. You know, like there's, there's four magic decks <laughs> and, you know, in the tournament, four of them have a, uh, a representation. There are sideboards to counter all of them mm-hmm. and just kind of hope that you win the rock, paper, scissors, uh, in that case. Right. You know, like that makes it, it's like, I'm not really doing the thing where I am pitting myself against an unpredictable, awesome challenge. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of choosing from four keys and seeing if I face the right lock. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Uh, that sucks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just the, the, that you've got, uh, you know, like in chess, there's the concept of the book, right? Just yeah. like, you know, everybody knows, you know, the first like thousand opening moves you could have, but chess is a game yeah. that has enough variations off of it. And chess is unchanging that it quickly becomes, you know, untenable to hold it all in your head. Like this season of magic or like this most recent patch of like a counter-strike game is one where everything gets really ossified. Um, and specifically like when you get down to like a team-based game, like, I don't know, I don't want to like hop in. <laughs> I don't want to hop in and, uh, you know, get yelled at because I'm not uh, doing the right thing. You obviously don't go right. Nobody goes right. That's where yeah, you yeah. get shot. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff you don't, like you don't want to things, things like this in terms of like a, uh, a kind of culture or setup for a multiplayer game is so, uh, detrimental to onboarding. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think about, uh, my experiences with online multiplayer games and I had a, you know, played TF2 for, for quite a while, uh, yeah. or team fortress classic rather, um, for a while and enjoyed myself, uh, largely because there was not voice chat. Yeah. You know, uh, at the time. So I was probably fucking with established solved meta mm-hmm. and not engaging in it because I didn't spend you know a lot of time researching it or whatever. Yeah. Um, no one could yell at me. And then when I got really into Left 4 Dead, which I, I love Left 4 Dead, mm-hmm. um, I stopped playing with people, strangers, because of solved meta. Right. Um, you know, I would be on the infected side. I would uh, see an opportunity, try to seize it. We're not talking to each other you know, here, mm-hmm. um, we're not a team. We haven't like scrimmed together or what have you. Right. Um, and I went in, in a suboptimal order and then I get yelled at and kicked. Mm-hmm. Um, in what universe is that superior to, <laughs> you know, like what, what, what things in video games, like what reasons do you play video games? Does that take away? Right. You know, is, is worth kind of thinking about like expressiveness, like any kind of like, you know, uh, uh, you know, joy, like this not being work. Right. You know, uh, gets altered up on the, the kind of the, or offered up on the altar of competitiveness or Mm -hmm. like winning in a way that I think is like hugely detrimental. Mm -hmm. And if you decide, Hey, I'm going to engage with this. What that does is it takes, 
I don't know, something that I enjoy, which which is experimenting with game with things on the fly um, and, yeah. you know, coming to the conclusion. And then it becomes a research challenge. It becomes, you know, you spend more time out of the game trying to solve the game. Right. You yeah. know, reading wikis or looking at message board posts. Oftentimes this stuff is not is not documented in a, in a good way. It's just kind of just a folk way that is uh, that, that is passed around. Yeah, you, see, yeah. you know, like maybe Sometimes there's, there's a, like a steam community post or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like m- maybe there's a maybe there's like a 12 a, a year old uh, narrating uh, into a laptop mic. Uh, to yeah. tell, telling what to do, you know, on YouTube, stuff like that. It's like, I don't know. Like, I, I like figuring this stuff out to play. Yeah. And having a, a steady um, obstacle yeah. against that. Like, another way to think of this in Solve Meta is also, like, a way of just kind of articulating, like, single-player versus multiplayer games. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> or competitive gaming. And, like, to me, that iteration and experimentation versus a static obstacle Mm -hmm. is how that would work like if i am trying to figure out a combination for a lock yeah uh and the lock keeps changing you know i can't really figure that out yeah if the lock only takes one combo Mm -hmm. if the lock doesn't keep changing and there is a solved meta like i know that you know playing against uh this configuration of you know of of magic or whatever this is the hard counter for it Mm mm-hmm um, it's like kind of like there's not that sweet spot, that 70% like I have some context to make good decisions, yeah. which is, you know, what a video game is about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also have this room to improvise and experiment um, and getting that like best of both worlds. Yeah. Super important. And there there is room for execution in these things. So like you can know all the meta of Counter-Strike, but still have a faster aim and shoot better connection yeah better connection you know yeah better connection like even just like internet wise or with just better speed Mm -hmm. you are a better gamer yes um and that is holistically something that i do not like having tested Mm -hmm. and i do not uh feel good about when i pass those tests and it's not something i'm that interested in yeah uh this is why like back in the day you know i i I enjoyed playing starcraft online i only ever i only ever wanted to play starcraft with my buddies you know playing it with david and with you know some other people but like even that it ended up being here's another side of it like when you get to when you run into the uh into the final destination no uh final destination no items kind of problem like uh man when you when you sit down and play an online rts and every map is big game hunters no rush for no rush 15 uh yeah <laughs> like okay cool so we're just going to be on this map yeah. that looks like an asterisk where everybody is just kind of kind of has an equal footing okay yeah. cool i guess it like it restricts the possibilities based of the game and actually like you're you're not playing the game that, that was designed you're playing the game that was like tacitly agreed upon without any of your input you know yeah yeah and and there's ways to avoid that with with your friends like just by playing casually and such but that even I find it to be like a really precarious balance. Like yeah. when I was playing a lot of fighting games and doing a lot more couch uh, competitive games in general, right. like the second somebody was like practicing, <laughs> nope. it ruined it later. But yeah, like it was like, yeah, like I would sit down to play Mortal Kombat 2 or Street Fighter 2 or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, and I was pretty good at Street Fighter 2 uh, in general, mm-hmm. like. And, and, and that wasn't so much, but I would play like a new fighting game. Right. Like when I first started playing Smash Brothers yeah. on the N64 and it's like, it was really fun when we all came into it and we were all figuring it out. Mm-hmm. And then the second, the kid who owned it 
was like, yeah, I've been playing with my brother, you know, uh, over and over. And it just instantly became about winning versus fun, which is another like, you know, subtitle for this discussion point as well like in a lot of ways because it in when when you have a solved meta you are placing winning above fun in a way that uh i think is like fun is subjective Mm -hmm. and the amount of fun you get from winning is super subjective but in my personal experience like is really detrimental yeah like uh i don't know when i was when i was doing uh uh playing everquest and stuff like yeah it was annoying when you wiped on a raid or whatever but like uh, I remember the I remember the disastrous full guilt wipes <laughs> more more than I remember us like killing the final boss of a dungeon or something like that. Like yeah. I don't know, like that's still like, like that's a valuable that, that that ultimately ended up being more, a more valuable thing to me than like whatever random loot I would have gotten at the end. You know? Yeah. 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 And this this comes like the thing that put this in my mind is uh, the Butcher Circus coming out for Darkest Dungeon, right? You know, a game right. that is incredibly dear to me. I've been watching. Uh, play of it but i uh, kind of immediately knew that it wasn't going to be something i went deep into mm-hmm. um as soon as i went on the the reddit for it and i was like <laughs> okay this is you know uh infiltrated the reddit in terms of memes that there is a a couple optimal builds there's not yeah, one yeah. there's like two or three the second they start um, naming and, shit that's not named in the game yep yep <laughs> yeah attacks on like, oh, okay. fuck yeah, yeah there, there, there's a lexicon to this i'm out mm-hmm. and i played it a couple times it's a neat idea yeah but I would want to just play, like, and eventually I would get too good. Like, I was going to say, I just want to play with people who are exactly at my street, my skill level. Mm-hmm. But I haven't found a thing where that matching uh, quite works the way I want it to. Yeah. You know, like, when I have done that, even with things that have pretty robust skill matching, um, I still end up tending not to have, like, good close games. Right. It still ends up being the person who has done, like, a little bit of research, like, does better than the other person. Um, or it's a slaughter the other way because somebody like just is not taking it seriously at all. Right. You know? Uh, so that is just, it's a, it's a very frustrating thing that I think ruins games and it's, it's a, for me, like makes games less appealing to me. And it's a thing that makes, uh, me frustrated with video games as kind of a, uh, trajectory because that, you know, I don't think I, I'm not, the sky is falling about single player games, Mm -hmm. but there is a movement towards more games that play that way. And that is taking up a little bit of the the air in the room. Yeah. See the new fallout game being, uh, online, you know, being a game as a service kind of thing. See, uh, like, you know, Bioware, you know, putting all of their eggs in the Anthem basket. Um, you know, like destiny. Yeah. yeah, There there are probably lots of like Halo fans who just like playing those campaigns and like playing Mm -hmm. on the couch or not into this like online raid based service Mm -hmm. lifestyle game. Yeah. You know, so yeah, don't solve your metas. (laughs) They will get solved. Like if there can be a meta, Mm -hmm. it will be solved. It will change. And then you end up with companies like Riot or what have you who are consistently tweaking things trying to unsolve the meta and rebalance it constantly. And like it, to me, it is just an exhausting ecosystem to be part of. Mm -hmm. Cannot imagine it. Uh, And I I just like, if I were going to start playing league of legends, how would that even happen? Like I've never (laughs) played that game. I sat down to play it. What would happen? You know, with that much information and that much, uh, that little onboarding and that many esoteric little like unit configurations and combinations and, strategies and orders and meta like in what universe is there space for me in that that ecosystem yeah 
you know that's a it's a bad feeling mm-hmm. uh you know and I, I i don't know how universal it is i don't know if we're, we're talking about this and people are like yes yes or people are like no no <laughs> dumb as hell you can just jump in whenever you want um but it really does feel like you have to get in on the ground floor and if you don't you're just fucked yeah it's uh if, if you're not on the ground floor then it's too hostile yeah yeah and it's not even just like I can enjoy myself and have fun and learn things losing a game, but a lot of times the turnaround is so quick and the yeah. feedback is not there in a, a multiplayer game. Yeah, it's not like part of the text. So like <clears throat> when I tried Counter Strike, mm-hmm. um, which I tried when I moved out uh, here to Portland, I was like, oh, I'll give Counter Strike a, a chance. And this was in you know uh, two two thousand ten. Yeah, two thousand uh, two thousand nine somewhere around then. Counter Strike had been around for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um just immediately getting murdered and not knowing how it happened because I was playing suboptimally was just not a, uh, you know, it, it is too hostile. It was like the, the, the individual unit of feedback was too small for you to get anything out of it. Yeah. 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 So I, this is a long way of saying like game design is actually good. Like yeah. if you, you know, like designing <laughs> the game and designing the challenges to meet a mm-hmm. player, uh, is actually extremely good. Yeah. I think. And also being a dick to somebody online is probably not the best thing to do. You know, a huge part of, yeah, a huge, a huge part of this is also like, I don't know, like whenever this kind of happens, you, you know, a large part of like being a part of a community around a particular game. Like I remember trying to, you know, like when Overwatch came out and that was a huge thing by the time, you know, I was like, I came to it like two months late. I sat down to look at it and all of the discussion about the mechanical side of things, you know, as, as opposed to the character side, uh, was like, I can't believe they, 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 they nerfed this. I'm going to go play something else, et cetera, et cetera. Like it ultimately, like it became, became toxic, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, more toxic than anything else. Let's say it's a moving target as well. Yeah. So even if you wanted to learn about it, it's like, you know, a lot of those 12 year, 12 year olds in a laptop mic are outdated. Yeah. Now it's, I mean, it's, the whole thing. I mean, I know where I'm showing my age on this, but it's just like, man, does that just sound super unfun? Like when I think, you know, first time anyone was ever mean to me online was me trying city of heroes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I told that story several times yeah. with the, uh, the, the bong doctor and the fart shaman, um, <laughs> being mad to my original, my OC, the golem, uh-huh. uh, my earth powered, uh, superhero. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, I cannot, I'm trying to imagine why anyone opens themselves up to that shit. Yeah. Uh, you know, like uh, just why, why somebody gets themselves in a position where, uh, where the, where the person who sits, ne- who sits next to you on the bus will, uh, will give you shit about your monkeys, uh, lunchbox. Yeah. Box. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So in, in conclusion, <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> no one should um, ever be a cock to a stranger. <laughs> yep. In yeah. conclusion, leave me alone actually is the way yeah. to go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gaming is a solitary pursuit. Let me sit in my weird little cave uh-huh. and play, you know, play, communicate with developers as strangers. Yes. And, and go through the challenges they put out for me. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to fighting the, the bong doctor and the fart shaman, <laughs> um, who I will never meet and will never face consequences for being huge dicks. Yes. You know, they're they're still me, out there in front of them on a podcast for 10 years. Yeah. So, <laughs> the, the decade of slamming I, them on the podcast. I, 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 I just about like, so I said, yeah, Oh, they're, they're, they're still out there. Oh, uh, they might be dead. Maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. Could be dead. Yeah. They could have moved on. Car right accidents now. happen all the, all the time. Yeah. They could, they could be running the city of heroes by now. Damn. You know, we really moved like, up. You, this you town. could go to like a uh, part shamanopolis <laughs> uh, in, uh, in, in city of heroes and, 
find a yeah. statue to him and a God. memoriam to the golem. This is a this is a story that you you, you missed out on because you're on the level. But uh, but Dennis uh, recently started playing on a fan server for City of Heroes. Okay. By recently, I mean like like the, this was this took place over the course of like a couple of months last year. Um, and he okay. was and he was involved in a guild that was it was like a role play guild for like characters who used to be evil but are now good or something like that. And okay. you know he was ha- he was having fun rolling along with that. Like he was even like getting his you know getting his kids involved. Like the the kids helped him design the design the character. It was like a little bonding thing. And then just over the course of several weeks, him describing the guild slowly turning into a uh, into an erotic uh, role playing kind of thing where all the oh. characters are pairing off. Oh, cool! Yeah, <laughs> sexy thunderbolts. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. They, they stopped playing the game, and it kind of just became a Discord where they where they role played going into each other. Yeah, that's pretty weird. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. so he bounced. Yeah, as one like, uh, as as one would. Sorry, guys, Reaper's I... out. <laughs> it was just Sorry, it was guys. just really dad is gonna go elsewhere. Yeah, it's uh, I'm gonna get <sighs> let's just let's just get it. We'll pull the ripcord on this one. Plasman's got to go return a VHS. <laughs> Sorry, I gotta go. Doesn't that go kill somebody? <laughs> Those Americans like, I think I got to go return. Got to go return some videotapes. Yeah, I guess that is killing somebody. Yeah, he's going back to his villainous ways to avoid getting invited into a <laughs> an orgy. <laughs> he's seen the invitation. He yeah. understands that fucking yep. athlete malevolent getting invited to an orgy energy. <laughs> like, just you see menacing. it coming from a mile like, away. I'm going to stop you right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just absolutely menacing. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, multiplayer and solve meta. Yeah. Um, we'll be doing, uh, a bunch of topics that, uh, you have listed, mm-hmm. um, in our more recent, we just did a, uh, catch up episode recently recorded. We're going to record another one, mm-hmm. uh, soon. Yes. So, yep. Um, and for now, let us read your responses to June's games. Let's do it. Um, I'll get us started here on dreamfall with John who says via contact, Dreamfall The Longest Journey stands out as a unique video game experience for me. I stumbled upon a YouTube playthrough of Dreamfall during a random bout of insomnia. In my sleep-deprived state, I was enthralled and grew attached to the characters, world, and plot. Looking back, the game has its fair share of flaws, like the bland combat and stealth. Nevertheless, it sparked my enjoyment of YouTube playthroughs and reignited my interest in the adventure genre. I will forever have an incredible fondness for Dreamfall despite never having played it. Thanks for trucking through it for the show. You're welcome. Yeah. yeah. I imagine watching a Let's Play of it is probably goes down smoother. Yes. Than playing it because you're not feeling directly tied to the stealth and combat and stuff. And you're getting somebody who like you don't have to pay complete attention mm-hmm. like during the long like waiting in hallways. Right. Sections of the stealth and somebody is like talking, you know, and, and mm-hmm. presumably making jokes or saying interesting things. Yeah during that uh, so it might be a good way to experience it in general yeah presumably they're knowledgeable too so it's more like having a tour guide uh through the uh yeah. through the game you know yeah i much prefer if i watch a let's play i much prefer a tour guide let's play to a blind let's play yes 
um, personally. I know there are, there are advantages to both, but mm-hmm. I really like uh, somebody who just knows a lot of shit. Yeah. So big shout out. I've mentioned it before uh, to the Deus Ex Let's Play from Bob and Threadbare called Deus Ex Lecture, mm-hmm. where each episode is a section of gameplay like edited and then a little like 15 minute kind of PowerPoint presentation on one of the concepts introduced in that section of Deus Ex. Mm. So like, here's a section on the builder Bilderberg group. Here's a section on eco-terrorism. You, you totally just about said Bilderberg group. I, it's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, uh, but yeah, so it's, uh, that's a really great let's play. Mm-hmm. Um, I absolutely adore it and recommend it. Have they done that with other so. games or is Deus Ex kind of their, their area of expertise? Uh, they have, but nothing that I have been quite as interested in. Gotcha. Um, you know, so the, the Deus Ex one was the the best one. Uh, Bob and Threadbare is an SA, like an old, you know, LP archive mm-hmm. Let's Player, um, who has done several, uh, several Let's Plays. Right. Um, so yeah, recommended. Nice. Uh, Alf says via contact, Dreamfall is one of my favorite games of the era. The games are made in Norway, so I probably have some national pride in them or something. I played both games over and over with both English and Norwegian voiceover, but I pretty much agree with everything you guys said about it. April is not fun anymore. Keon is even more boring. The Arcadia plotline is sleep inducing and the gameplay state change is stupid. The thing is, there's so much more that I loved. Zoe is great, and I loved pretty much everything in Stark, especially the Dream Core thriller stuff. I hope to executive produce a chapters episode at some point in the future. I really want to hear you talk about that one and help me pinpoint the problems that I have with it. <laughs> uh, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. We, we might do that. Yeah. I'm not, I'm That'll not be a conversation. Yet. Yeah, yeah. That'll be a conversation. Um, the uh, Yeah, and I, I think that we liked the same things. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought the Stark stuff was good. I liked Zoe a lot. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was just in in the moment the proportions weren't right. Right. Yep. Yeah. There's a, just a whole bunch of the game that you spend and uh, you spend over there in Arcadia. Yep. Yeah. A lot of Arcadian politics that don't pay off. I <laughs> I was trying to think about how much of my Dreamfall. I was talking to uh, my uh, on the Slack who is a, a big fan mm-hmm. of Dreamfall and asking some questions about what happens in the later games. And we did a little bit of that in the episode as well. And I was trying to wonder how much uh, or trying to think of how much of those plots that fell flat for me fell flat because they were just legitimately just unfinished. Yeah. Like, you know, those, those Arcadia plots don't go anywhere. Like mm-hmm. we don't get anything with the, uh, the evil empire that's taken over. Like that never gets resolved. Right. Um, and I don't know, I think that when you're writing something or making a game that does that kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, the, the sense that it is unresolved or not going anywhere actually rears its head well before the ending. Yes. You know, where it's just like, oh, like I, I can just feel this is somebody, you know, driving towards a, a an escalator to nowhere you know, <laughs> right. or something like that. Like yeah. this, I know this is not going to have an end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then you get to that little water village and like, oh, this is the climax. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, yeah. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> oh, saving the, the climax of saving April Ryan is not saving April Ryan. <laughs> oh, but now I'm in a dream talking to a, to a Ringu girl. Okay. Yeah, okay, okay. Cool. Okay, okay, okay cool. Okay, Her okay, name's okay, Faith. Okay, gotcha. Okay, okay. Cool. 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 Gotcha. 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 Okay. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> uh, moving on to Crash Bandicoot 2 uh, stuff here. Uh, I'll do both Warren and, uh, and the next one here because Warren's going to short. Warren says via contact, uh, the correct amount of Crash Bandicoot one should consume is the mini game slash Easter egg at the beginning of Uncharted 4. I'm so glad they put this in the game because it kept me from buying the remaster to see if I just didn't get it as a kid. Uh, that's a cool uh, scene. I have not played Uncharted 4. So uh, it's uh, Does he run away from a boulder on riding a polar bear or something. No, no. What ha- like it opens with him like he settled down uh, with his uh, with his wife, I think something like that. And the the opening is like him 
kind of in, in his domestic life and like they had they've had dinner and she like pulls out a playstation and they play crash bandicoot together oh uh, you know it's like oh i haven't played this forever and then like she's making funny fun of how bad you are or at least that's the way that it worked for me because i was bad at crash bandicoot that's cute yeah it was cute i i, I thought it was fun um and he, the, the, the gameplay itself wasn't fun but it was a fun little moment yeah, yeah. it, was a, it yeah. was a fun yeah yeah nice little bit um cinder elf uh, again here says via contact hi guys thanks for covering crash 2 for me i'm sorry that you didn't like it but i can't say that i'm all that surprised still the early games in this series were really important in me in getting me into video games so i'm still glad uh, to see you finally having an episode on it. I do think you are correct in your criticism of the mechanics of the game, but I think I must have been close to six years old, uh, six years old the first time that I played Crash 1. Uh, at that age, you don't really get discouraged by stuff like that, and I must have uh, just butted my head against the gameplay for long enough that I learned to deal with its issues. I even played the HD version when it came out a few years ago, uh, and I was actually still fluent in it even uh, after years away from the series. Yeah, I think I said it in the episode, but if I had been younger, mm -hmm. like I would have been in the pocket for Crash, probably. Yeah. You know, if, if if the PlayStation 1 was my Nintendo, my NES, then I would have been in the same spot. If the PlayStation 1 was my, if the PlayStation 1 was my SNES, I would have been in the same spot. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I, I get it. Like, I spent a lot of time with Arrow the Acrobat. That's mm -hmm. about as crash as I can think for, you know. <laughs> the, the, uh, the, there's actually a crossover. Like, there's personnel. <laughs> yeah. yeah you know uh i i play that game a lot like i but i also like i'm leaving it quarantined in the past you know as, as a thing like it's like i don't need to go back to arrow the acrobat yeah um you know any more than my annual replays of it in lord of the fallen well yeah um <laughs> at the same time uh yeah just <laughs> at the same time i got split screen a special it's like the, when those people play uh link to the past and super metroid at the same time with the same controller <laughs> and you have arrow the acrobat and lords of the fallen um uh yeah i can definitely uh definitely see that yeah uh dylan says by contact when allison retweeted a quote from gary <laughs> expressing his distaste for the idea of doing a crash bandicoot episode i was immediately excited <laughs> Some of my favorite episodes of Watch Out Fireballs are takedown-style episodes, like Ocarina of Time or Bioshock Infinite. feels strangely cathartic to hear uh, games that were, and still cases are, very well-received being taken to task, so I was looking forward to hearing both your takes on this. Or at least, that was my idea of how it would go. In reality, the episode really just drove home uh, what it, I felt like playing the remastered trilogy myself. There isn't even anything particularly interesting about what makes Crash Bandicoot a poor platformer, because all the mistakes that they made have been fixed in the years since. Not even nostalgia can make up for the frustrating design of these games. And unlike the Spiral remaster, this revisit just showed that some things can't be fixed with a new coat of paint. Yeah. Uh, the tweet that's referencing uh, Allison Baker, a <laughs> uh, friend of the show and honorary Duckfeed yep. uh, alum, uh, mentioned in the episode of Bonfireside Chat. With, this was uh, like four years Alex. ago, six years ago. <laughs> yeah, quite a while ago. Yeah. I think that Alex wasn't talking about doing a WAF. I think he mentioned it was talking about doing a Bonfireside Chat oh, on, yeah, uh, yeah. on Crash Bandicoot. And I was like, I'd rather die or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather do uh, It was else. a good, good poll. Yeah. yeah good poll. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that yeah. was that was very fun, and then here we are. Twenty twenty yep, makes fools of us all. Can you imagine doing like a bonfire side chat treatment where we treat each level as an episode? Oh God, <laughs> no! <laughs> like, like, well, here's Turtle Trouble. <laughs> uh, the story behind Turtle Trouble. Uh, <laughs> so it yeah. kind of rhymes. 
So yeah. alliteration <laughs> is. Yeah, well, the story, the, the lore behind this is that turtle and trouble start with the same letter. <laughs> That's the lore. Yep. Uh, Oof. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. Uh, Andrea writes via contact. Hello, long time for a long time listener, but first time contacting. I'll admit that I wasn't pleased with your sour views of Sonic 3 and Knuckles way back when, but hearing you guys hashtag trash crash, even worse, uh, felt very vilifying. Uh, I don't know if they're using that word correctly. Um, it's they, they're not, they're not calling us villains. Uh, it's understandable. Oh. Uh, <laughs> some games don't click for some people, but crash games are just plain bad. I played through all three for the first time back to back when the remastered trilogy came to the switch um, and I came away convinced that I had dodged a bullet in the 90s. Uh, in my youth, I jumped from Genesis to N64, and I'd always wondered if I had made the right choice in skipping the PS1, but it seems that I did. As a kid, um, I <laughs> couldn't get into RPGs, and the N64 was ripe with great platformers. Even the forgotten ones, like Glover and Chameleon Twist, are far better and employ more creativity than all of the Crash series combined. Comparatively, I also uh, played the, Spy the Spyro Remastered Trilogy in a similar fashion when that came out, and it holds up far better than Crash as well. Uh, thank you for shattering the rose-tinted nostalgia glasses of many people. I look forward to hearing you guys cover other Crash games, perhaps on Addict Suffering. The, uh, as a quick correction, I'm pretty sure that I'm lukewarm on Sonic 3 and Knuckles, and you are into it. Yes. So I don't remember that being, like, trash, hashtag trash Sonic. Right. But maybe right. it was. No, I, I like, like, I, you know. I think I think like the most ruthless we got on that was the was the opening sketch where we had a yeah we were the mean Sonic about fic. people who wanted to fuck Sonic yeah we, we were mean um, about the about the Sonic uh, the, the the Sonic you know culture but yeah. fuck community <laughs> yeah <laughs> the Sonic fucking community <laughs> the Sonic the Hedgehog is my wife community right um, Shadows is the father community does mm, um, but yeah the uh, yeah uh, I didn't I read that whole thing and I was bracing because I uh, saw vilifying and yeah, I was like oh yeah. no. Uh, and then it turned out not to be. I, I, I looked it up. There, there is a version of the word like villain. A definition for vilifying is like energizing, like oh, gotcha. know, ex exciting or something like, like that, enervating or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, I, I saw that too, and I was like, oh god, is something going to take us to task? Is something going to be going to be like that guy on Twitter? <laughs> yeah, the guy who told us to get good. <laughs> yeah, unironic, get good. Yeah, eh, well, I wasn't in, ready in twenty twenty. <laughs> In this economy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not ready for that yeah. on air. But, uh, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, and uh, rounding out our uh, Crash uh, Bandicoot response, we have Shane here. Mm -hmm. uh, hey, guys. It's difficult for me to look at Crash Bandicoot 2 with a critical eye. It's a precious gem from my childhood, one that I have 100% completed many times. There are a few games for all of us that come from a certain time and place and just feel like home. Crash Bandicoot 2 is that to me, along with Resident Evil 2 and Final Fantasy 7. When making Crash 1, Nidog had to answer the question, how do we make a 2D platformer in a 3D space? Their answer was to take the standard left-to-right action and rotate 90 degrees so that the character was moving forward. They gave limited space for Crash to move side-to-side, -side, so each level is basically a hallway. This would become an evolutionary dead-end for the 3D platformer. Super Mario 64's open-world level design would become the template for all future games in the genre, including Spyro and Naughty Dog's own Crash follow-up, Jack and Daxter. No one would mimic Crash's hallway level design, including Crash itself, once it got to twin sanity. 
The style does have its advantages. They never had to worry about the camera. It always stays behind Crash and just moves along with him. The player never needs to have control of it. Uh, Nintendo's uh, Super Mario 64's camera, while revolutionary at the time, definitely shows its age. It also simplifies level design, giving the developer more control over the player experience. Crash Bandicoot 2 is the pinnacle of the series. They added the slide and belly slam to the jump and spin move set of the first game. Controlling Crash is satisfying and fun. The music is top-notch. The game has tons of personality. Between jet skis, jet packs, polar bears, and boulders, the game provides enough variety in gameplay without becoming bloated like Crash 3. While the game itself is too easy, as most games in the genre are, if you're into the collect-a-thon aspect, it provides a satisfying challenge. I will always unabashedly enjoy this game. While it's tough for me to see the flaws through those rose-colored glasses of nostalgia, perhaps the most telling thing is that if I heard a developer was making a game in the style today, I would have very little desire to play it. Unless, of course, it starred Crash himself. Uh, thanks for the great works you do. Uh, I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Shane. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that. I like that uh, uh, kind of information about the way it improved from Crash 1 to Crash 2. Um Yeah. Yeah, it just uh, you know, I, I I so I sometimes get worried about how quickly I write off certain things because of nostalgia, you know, and mm-hmm. may, you know maybe that is just, it's a perfectly reasonable thing to do. Nostalgia does tend to uh, it does tend to warp opinions about things. It causes people to have a really high opinion about things that don't really hold up anymore. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't even know where I'm going with that. I just I feel like sometimes I, I jump to that pretty quick. Well, we revisited that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we, we, we did the opposite it. of that. Yeah. Like that—that's that's the show. Like, it, yeah, if, okay, if we, yeah, you know, the, you know, yeah. <laughs> like I, like I, I understand what you did, mean, Gary. but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it seems like it. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you're making fun of me with that, but like, I, uh, you know, in like, I can, I understand what you're saying, but mm-hmm. like, we explicitly don't do that. Yeah, yeah, because um, we're like, you know, when we record about something, we just played it mm-hmm. basically, um, and uh, within the last month or so, to, uh, and that means we. Yeah, yeah. To, to 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 kind of bring a little bit more, a little bit more shade uh, or nuance to that, I sometimes worry about how directly we go after people's uh, nostalgia. I like, I, 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 I wonder if we're clear enough that we are not, you know, intentionally trying to harm people. But then also we over, we over explain it too. So yeah, people get mad at us when we do either one. Yeah, so there's there's not really a way to win. Like, yeah, there's no disclaim, way to maximize we cannot that. Disclaim. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I feel like. Um, you know, a good example of what I feel, and this is a, a long time ago, but an example of a game that I probably did the nostalgia rounding for is Brave Fencer Masashi, um, right. which was new to you and you didn't like it. And to me, I like it played it a lot when it came out and I had fondness for it. Right. Like we're not immune to that kind of thing. We're not trying to say we don't do it. Mm-hmm. It's just when we revisit something, we we're bringing more to nostalgia, more yeah. than nostalgia to it at the very least. Yeah. And letting that, letting the past be quarantined as like a tactic, like a, you know, a, a Will Hughes-esque, like, I have fond memories of this and I don't think it's going to stand up, so I'm never going to replay it mm-hmm. as a tactic is something that I have more time for Yeah. now as an adult. I'm like, that's actually probably a pretty good idea for some things. Yes. You know, uh, moving on to Castlevania Order of Ecclesia responses. Yeah. Um, I'll pick, what does Thomas have to say? Uh, Thomas has to say via contact, I hate this game. I'm currently enjoying playing it. Um, <laughs> I got the game as a present close to when it was released, and I was really excited to play it, and I bounced off of it hard. 
I think that you could cut enemy health in half, uh, and it would still be hard, but reasonably so. Even after AFK grinding to level 41, I still get plenty of game over screen time. Game over screen time. Maybe I'd have less trouble if I were playing with a proper controller. The 3DS ergonomics lend themselves better to turn-based games than they do Ecclesia's speed yoga for thumbs. Stupid bony hot dogs. I think uh, I think they're referring to their to, to their fingers about as the bony hot dogs. That makes sense. I, I don't know like um, if there's a manufacturer. I don't know if Tyson's coming out with bone-in hot dogs. <laughs> the, the, I, I have to buy mine bone-in. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, for economic reasons, unfortunately, and they leave the skin on. Yeah, yeah of course. So I have to I have to skin them and bone them. Right, right. Um, yeah, you have to dress it like a fish. Well, am I yeah. buying corn dogs? <laughs> you know, that must be what. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. <laughs> oh, you got to be good, man. <laughs> That's fucking funny. Stay fair, bone in, skin on hot dogs. <laughs> I, saw, I saw I saw corn dogs at the grocery store the other day, and I guess I knew yeah. that they sold them. Like you, you could just buy a corn dog, but like, see, like thinking about the kind of life somebody would live where they would pop a corn dog into the oven in their house. Man, I'm feeling extremely attacked by this. Like, it's probably been a couple of years, but I've definitely okay. been a corn dog American. Okay, okay. Uh, many times in my life, like it's, bought a package of state fairs, and it is such a it, them shits. It, it is a so I'm not I, I'm not trying to attack you. It is a food that has a very definitive time and place. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, like it, it is such a fair kind of thing, uh, or mall food court kind yeah. of thing that I cannot imagine making it at home. At the fair, you always get stunt ones where it's like home of the seven foot, like yeah, you know, like yeah. this is a, you know, this is this is a this is a coiled rope of hot dogs that's been <laughs> you know free dipped into a experimental yeah. super batter and stuff. You know what? I've had corn dog bites. I've I, like my my mom. There you go. I, my, yeah. my mom always does like reverse shopping when I when I go over there, and I think like they got they they bought corn dog bites for uh uh for, for like one of my one of my nephews when they were staying over, and they didn't like it. And they said, "Hey Cole, would you like these corn dog bites?" You know, just like just mm-hmm. take take them out, take them off of our hands. What are you say? No. No, I mean, as I said, sure, I'll take it. That was like six yeah, months course. ago, though. Yeah, it's yeah, been. I have, I, corn dogs. I have not. I have not bought a boned corn dog. <laughs> yeah, corn dogs taste good, man. Yeah. Um, the uh, the in terms of the the actual response, one thing I just want to <laughs> like in general, I think that, that all this is right on is it is uh the difficulty balance is not tuned perfectly. Yeah. Um, the thing about the uh, playing on the 3ds, um, I played it on my 3ds uh, XL. And I'm going to buy a 2DS at some point to replace that because I kept getting finger cramps oh, yeah. and having to take breaks and it was dumb. Oh, okay. So yeah. I've been having experiences with action games on my 3DX, uh, 3DS XL as well. Gotcha. Um, I, I just played... played Super Mario Land on it and, you know, only by the virtue of that game being 45 minutes long, I was <laughs> able to to do it in one sitting. Yeah, yeah. No, I played uh, I played Ecclesia on my DS Lite, which is the only way I've ever mm. played it. And that ended up working yeah. pretty fine for me. Yeah. You should pick up a DS Lite now that they're like they cost nothing. Yeah, it's a good um, system. Yeah. yeah, I just assumed with the uh, 3DS, I'm like, ah, I got this, but yeah. I like the size of the screen on the uh, uh, 3DS. But mm-hmm. um, I've been I've been playing uh, Tactics Ogre on my uh, PSP, and uh, I've, I love how widescreen the mm-hmm. PSP is, and I forgot how loud it is. <laughs> it's constantly making incredibly angry UMD accessing noises, like somebody behind a dumpster and. Oh, oh, you're, you know, oh like, you're you're straight up playing it on a like, like on disc on an actual PSP yeah. like 1000. Oh yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, it's on my Hannah Montana. 
special edition <laughs> PSP that I bought a couple of years ago. The silver one that has Hannah Montana written on it? It doesn't have Hannah Montana written on it. Oh, okay. Um, it's just a beautiful color. Oh. Uh, I just, uh, it's, it's a, it's a 3000. Okay. Uh, PlayStation Portable, limited edition Hannah Montana. Okay. Uh, version and it's oh I don't it's know purple it is, that's really good yeah yeah it's beautiful and it doesn't say hannah montana on it at all it's nice. just like this gorgeous system yeah, yeah no this is good uh i i saw like i have no need for a for a ps4 controller i have, I have three of them but i saw like a like a like a translucent purple um ps4 controller um mm. for sale like a new and electric purple i was like god that that'd be nice yeah it's nice but i've purple's already, a great color man purple's good yeah yeah yeah, I bought a uh, uh, the share the share zone uh, abolish the police or defund the police shirt because mm-hmm. they were giving money to charity yeah. and it had a wide range of colors. I'm like, hey, purple, purple, let's go purple. Yeah, you know? I'm I'm fond of purple because it's my grandma's favorite color and she always had purple, mm. always has purple stuff around. And yeah. I didn't mean to start talking I, about my, my grandma and pasta. She's alive. But, but, I, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Let me make a phone call. I just call. think it's a. Yeah, she's still alive. Okay. <laughs> uh, this is the specific kind of purple I like as well. This kind of like Hannah Montana purple mm-hmm. as opposed to like a dark. Like royal a royal purple. purple. Yes. Yeah. No, yeah. I like this. This is beautiful, like mm-hmm. light toned Hannah yeah. Montana color. Hannah mm-hmm. Montana is my favorite color. Um, <laughs> Miley Cyrus is my favorite color. <laughs> it's my favorite number. Hannah Montana is my favorite color. Uh, Moonborn says by contact. I bounced off Ecclesia no fewer than six times in as many years to the point that I feared maybe I'd just outgrown Castlevania, a series I love very much. However, I finally started to realize Ecclesia's strengths. The combat system is expressive. The backdash actually works as a defensive maneuver. The dive kick adds a satisfying layer of combo or combat mobility, and the boss fights feel designed around skill instead of tanking. And by the time I reached the money shot that was ca- uh, Dracula's castle, and got a, I got a huge sentimental smile on my face, and I realized that maybe I hadn't outgrown Castle after all p.s i can't fucking believe this game ended with a force ghost telling a woman she should smile more i i actually i forgot that we didn't bring that up but that does happen yeah it does uh, it does yeah it just yeah it does tell her to smile i think that i've forgotten the actual like text of the ending because i have a, a bad uh pattern of like playing games and beating them like basically right before we record mm-hmm. and then getting ahead yeah you yeah. know and taking like you know it's a couple weeks off mm-hmm yeah so yeah no i had forgotten I, about that I, I, I feel bad for not drawing attention to that albus as he is fading away and as shinoa is struggling with getting, getting her emotions back he tells her to smile more uh which is a you know yeah. it, 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 it's yeah. you know, a loaded phrase now yeah and not, not not something you say yeah uh but i do like the you know the first part of the response here i like the whole response yeah. but uh but yeah, yeah it's, no. it's, it's not moon's fault that <laughs> yeah <laughs> the game that we forgot to say it yeah, yeah. no but moonmore put it pretty well talking about like what the yeah. what the game's strength is and uh yeah. you know I, I i agree with all that go go and listen to the episode yeah agreed yeah uh let's hear patches writes i was really excited to hear your take on this game and the episode was great i didn't get a chance to replay the game in time for the episode but having played symphony of the night for the first time this year i wanted to reiterate gary's observation that the that the symphony of the night uh upside down castle reveal was an a plus twist with a c level behind it versus how much more like a final exam dracula's castle feels in order of ecclesia not to make this too much about symphony but the fact that the last stretch of the game is not really about movement in the same way uh, as the first part, whereas the castle in order is really testing all of your resources and options makes order feel more polished or refined. 
uh, than Symphony, even if the earlier game was genre-defining. Yeah, I'd agree. Well, and also the other thing with Symphony, um, in addition to being genre-defining with that, like part of the appeal of Symphony of the Night is how like absolutely maximal it is. Yes. You know, in general, like there's a million weapons, there's a million secrets, a million types of food, mm-hmm. you know, just a huge map to explore. Like that is a much more like, no. here's everything in a game. <laughs> so like, I don't necessarily like Order of Ecclesia more than Symphony. Like I, I liked Order of Ecclesia quite a bit. I love that mm-hmm. game. Yeah. But I, I love Symphony of the Night. They just are doing very different things. And I think yeah. that inarguably Order of Ecclesia is more focused. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so um, you know how after RE3, you kind of went on a tear playing through Resident Evil games? Mm-hmm. I think for me, this is going to be the summer of Castlevania. I am most of the way through Aria of Sorrow right now. There you go. Yeah. I was considering doing that as well, but that might have to wait. Yeah. So having a, a series to revisit in the background is kind of like something to play when I'm not doing mm-hmm. podcast play is kind of nice. Yeah. So Especially I kind of stalled port- out. I'm like partway through the RE5 uh, DLC. Gotcha, I'm going to start gotcha. Revelations 1, which I played like most of, but I'm yeah, yeah. actually finish it after this. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Excited. Um, finally, Andrew says, uh, by contact, Metroidvanias are like brunch. There used to be a relative, relatively few places to get it. And people were like upgrades and map completion and mimosas and eggs. Benedict are so, <laughs> are so great. More people should do this. Then everybody started doing it. And people realized that unless there's some extra angle, eggs, Benedict and double jump upgrades all start feeling less interesting. But Order of Ecclesia was before that, and it's a testament to its quality that it sticks out. The focus on learning bosses and enemy patterns rather than just letting you grind and tank damage was compelling to me, even if Hollow Knight has done it uh, since and better. I recently played Bloodstained, and while I liked it quite a bit, the expectations are higher now that everyone is offering brunch. Or they were before, you know. Yeah. Uh, that's referring to COVID, and it's killing the brunch industry. <laughs> So <laughs> I just, I, I liked the opening Metroidvanias are like brunch an excuse to get day drunk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, well put. They uh-huh. did used to definitely feel like a lot more rare Yeah, than they do now. Yeah. I'm yeah. not like, I'm not sad about there being them. Like I'm glad they exist, but I didn't mm-hmm. also no longer feel the need to like, just play all of them. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like it's hard to name like something that is just a straight up like aping of, uh, of Castlevania kind of stuff yeah um you know like i don't know most of them have their own little twist of some sort i think that if you know if they're gonna fall down they fall down on boss or map design you know but like i don't know guacamole is fine you know they all have their own little hooks yeah yeah and hollow knight you know is an example of like an exemplar of the class like oh yeah hollow knight's an exemplar of a lot of things Mm mm-hmm so good game i like i I am i am nursing a minor hype boner for uh for silk song I, I want to replay the first one first because they've added so much content to it. Yeah, I have no idea true. when I will. So I'm, yeah. I cannot uh, join your hype boner. Yeah. We can't sync up our cycles, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's unfortunate <laughs> when that happens. So yeah, yeah. we have to be uh, staggered hype boners. <laughs> one, two, three, four. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, before we announce, so thanks everybody for responding. Thank you. Uh, before we announce what we're doing uh, for the following month for August, um, quick note, we're swapping two games. Yes. Yeah. Uh, for next month, because uh, Let Us Cling Together, which I have never not called Let Us Hang Together, <laughs> uh, but Let Us Cling Together is uh, longer than I initially thought. And mm-hmm. I need a little bit more time with it because uh, real life things were, I'm finally like, I'm like almost done with chapter two. I finally put in my like good chunk, mm-hmm. but uh, it took me a little while. Yeah. Uh, I'm about in the same Hitman spot. Is something I 
I chugged uh, in like a weekend. It's real. Uh, it's it's real hard to uh, unlearn things that you assume from uh, from Final Fantasy Tactics. Is what I am what yep. I'm running into with that. So it's just different enough. Yeah. To, to, to be uh, difficult. So uh, instead of doing, uh, so if you have things to say, this is mm-hmm. my way of segueing um, about next month's games, which were previously tactic, two episodes on tactics over Ogre, then Hitman two, uh, then Mario golf advanced tour. And now we're doing Hitman two, uh, 2018 two first, then two episodes on tactics Ogre. let us cling together. And mm-hmm. then Mario golf advanced tour hit us up at duckfeed.tv slash contact. Yes. Uh, the deadline for that will be June the 15th. Sorry, not June, July the 15th. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that finds the day yeah. when we're recording. <laughs> TikTok. Um, yeah. TikTok, TikTok, John. Jeopardy theme. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so. And then for August, uh, we're just doing two games because we're doing another two-parter. Mm-hmm. What? Uh, so soon. But this is, as we mentioned, uh, getting your RPG flavor. Yes. During the summer. We, we have three things contributing to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tactics Ogre for the kind of rhythms and, uh, you know, storyline JRPG. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of stuff we're doing mario golf advanced tour for the stat based yep uh, rpg stuff and then the first thing we're doing in august is a two-part on disco elysium yeah uh a lot of people have like really been clamoring for this this is uh this is an ex- executive produced episode uh was this mm-hmm. uh was this chi- chicken reuse yeah yeah yep so uh we're um, doing i'm super excited me too i've been i've, I've basically like once the hype around that stabilized i knew we would be doing it for the show and i have been waiting for the time when i would have an excuse through the show to play it and one of the things that's awesome about it is that the hype around it to me has like come from a lot of people who i associate with being hype resistant yes uh which i love because i am i don't like hype mm-hmm. um I, I i tend to find that off-putting more than on-putting but like will is like yeah this is one of my favorite video games ever. yeah like, like well he- shit like hearing... made into will's like yeah, inner circle <laughs> hearing will talk about it like you know not in specifics but just in you know in generally glowing terms at prg last year when we were at the bar yeah. it was like oh yeah i really need to pay attention to this more so like than he, hearing he about a hard it on person podcasts to, and stuff. to please yes you know when it comes to video games unless it's a time travel visual novel then he'll just sidle on up to the slot bucket and eat whatever you give him hey me too if, if man. it's a visual novel with time travel he's just like i don't care if it has fucking eyeballs and yeah. cartilage in it just i'll drink it <laughs> my, like a shake my my favorite yeah. cat in fiction is schrodinger's cat yeah <laughs> you care to hear more about this yeah uh, man i i watched a, a movie called coherence i saw your tweets uh, about this yeah 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 it is the most it is so like characters explain wikipedia like uh schrodinger's cat uh, the Tadunk, uh, <laughs> Tunguska. To, yeah, Tuskegee, Tunguska. No, no, not Tuskegee. Yeah, not, not Tuskegee. Yeah, Tunguska, the, the meteor. Yeah. You know, explain that. To, a character explains the Wikipedia on that. And then also the fictional comet that is causing the weirdness in the movie. Okay. A character just stands and explains it to another character. And I had never felt more like grow, like repulsed by a movie. Right. I'm like, this is, why isn't this like a big titty anime character explaining this to me? Yeah. Like, and this yeah. would be a non airy movie. <laughs> you know like <laughs> yeah. if if anything that assumes that i don't know what schrodinger's cat is from here on until the end until i die is dead to me yes and that includes people <laughs> so any piece of media that is like well you see schrodinger's cat uh you're out and if somebody comes Bye. up and tries to explain that to me you're out bye yep. boy mm-hmm. you're out don't yeah. do it I, see i was getting worried there that we were saying too many nice things about will and i'm happy that we took this hard turn toward <laughs> who do you think i am I mean, uh, this is my first rodeo i i, I know not to 
Um, not gonna let that kid get a big ego or anything. Um, but anyway, so I'm very excited to play Disco Elysium. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm also excited for our premium episode that month. Oh yeah, uh, we've we we kicked around one. doing for quite a while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which our premium episode for that month is Devil May Cry. Devil May Cry one. Well, yeah, we'll find out whether he does. Um, <laughs> I played yeah, that so before. This is, uh, also, yeah, I, I played it when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked it a lot. I'm looking forward to revisiting it. This is uh, sponsored by Moonborn. Yep. Um, so yeah, really excited about that. Uh, the uh, a real quick note. Um, so we talked about how we were raising the prices on executive produced games, yes. um, in part because the, uh, we were running out of road and we have run out of road. Um, yes. we have, uh, <laughs> a bunch of them in the hopper. We are currently booking into, uh, 2021, mm-hmm. um, kind of quarter one. So don't let that discourage you. We're never in a million years. We never like take your money and then not do the game. Right. We, worst case scenario, we'll give you your money back. Like if something happened and we couldn't. Um, but, uh, just know that we do have our huge lead time yes. on those. Um, so, uh, not again, not to discourage you, just letting you know mm-hmm. that if you do decide to patronize us at that level, um, we're looking at like quarter one, yeah. 2021. Yes. Um, and just a reminder, you know, we did talk about that price going up that takes effect on July the 1st. Yes. Yep. So get in, get in your time. We will get to it. If you're feeling patient, if you're not feeling patient, um, I understand that as well. Yes. But just know uh, that's how far we're booking out. I, I don't even know if people who are listening care about that. It makes me nervous, mm-hmm. uh, which is why I'm saying it. Yeah. Like the idea yeah. that like I'm, I have planned the game I'm going to play in February. Yeah. Like I know what I'll be doing on Valentine's Day. Yeah. <laughs> next year is weird to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, for, 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 for them, it's a car payment. For us, it's our job. So, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So to- totally get that. Yeah. So. But just know that that's the case. Yes. Um, if you do want to sponsor an episode or uh, ask us questions for the dispatch or get bonus episodes or get any number of those things, episodes mm-hmm. early, uh, hit us up at patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Yes. Uh, you can also leave us a rating or review on iTunes. It's always appreciated when you do that, although it is called Apple Podcasts now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which I will never call it that. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, that's, uh, that's about it. Thanks so. We appreciate you. Tune in to DuckFest. Uh, 27th and 28th. We'll see you then. Yeah. Cool. Good night. Mm-hmm. Bye.